The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Da, da, da. Dylan and Liam Reznikov. Am I saying it That's correctly? Right. 100%. Uh, Liam uh, is a guy from the underground, from MixedMartialArts.com. We've been uh, online friends. That's how you say it? Online correspondence? Correspondence. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, well, there's a, a brotherhood uh, on the, the underground. That's uh, It's one of the most interesting mixed martial arts websites uh, in the world. I think it's the best one as far as uh, access to information. And um, you're the guy who put up the, the Helio Gracie Chronicles too, right? I can't. Comment on that because at the time I was a BTT guy and now I'm a Hoyler Gracie guy. So. We're gonna have to move these things. <laughs> the um, how you, how you gonna set these up so they could see uh, we could see your faces better. Yeah, scoot over a little bit that way. That way, that way it's not uh, in Leon's face. Um, and um, so Liam uh, put the, well, you get in trouble for that? Did you get in trouble for that? There was a guy with a similar name to me who put them up. I think. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> cool. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> It totally wasn't you. Oh, yeah, right. Absolutely. Anyway, um, recently uh, you put up uh, uh, an attention Joe Rogan thread, which will they, those things go up every now and then on the underground. Yeah. It's usually like you suck, <laughs> your mother's a whore, or something like that. I didn't and want then, to enable anybody by doing that, you know, but I thought, you know, we're coming through America and, you know, we're coming to L.A., so... He's got a cool Talk story. right into this. Sucker. Oh, sorry. Just bring it right um, to you. I didn't want to enable anybody, so you know they're going to come out of the woodworks, the weirdos now. But they come out anyway. There's no way you can stop them. They're sitting at the table with you now. Yeah, it's the <laughs> internet. So um, you you contacted me, and uh, I'd seen you online. I know that you uh, you run a gym in Sydney. Yes, yes. And what, what's the name of your gym? Uh, VT1 Academy in Sydney. And VT1 is uh, MMA, teach Muay Thai yeah, there. You guys have pretty much all mixed martial arts. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of like a white-collar academy with some UFC fighters, that sort of thing. So yeah. it's a good place for regular folks to train. Yeah. And oh, we started in a scout hall, and we've kind of it just keeps moving forward, and we've ended up with a big academy by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the best way to do everything. Yeah. Do it, just follow what you love, and it all happens Absolutely. by mistake. And so you put this thread up about you and your brother Dylan being in town. Your brother Dylan being uh, a former championship kickboxer, former professional motorcycle racer. <laughs> and just the beginning of the, the thread was so crazy because you were a motorcycle racer who stopped doing motorcycle racing because you had too many concussions. So what do you go into? You go into fucking tie boxing. <laughs> How, what, what is, and then you became a champion. That's right, yeah. <clears throat> Sound like a ladyboy today. Yeah, what's going on with your voice? Screaming Richie in the UFC. Oh, we had one oh, of our last boys Wednesday. last week in Quebec, and he we always lose our voices. <coughs> so. That's why he's lost his voice now, so he sounds like a... Right. Oh, you're, uh, so. one of your students was yeah, fighting yeah. in the UFC? Yeah, he's the a ultimate fighter. How did he do? Uh, he won. He won. He, he was the name? only Aussie to win in the prelim thing. Um, it was, what's um, his name? Richard Walsh, Filthy Rich. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. And he he's could, one of your students. Awesome. Yeah, he was yeah. on the fight pass, and so not a lot of people saw it. But he's, um, I think he's going to be a straight the face. Well, I was going to say you should look up. There's an article about him online if you type in uh, the face of MMA in Australia. Kyle Nook, right? He's the big guy, right? Is he Kyle's the most there, yeah. famous? And uh, yeah. Hector Lombard, a lot of folks don't know, trained in Australia when he got out of Cuba. That's he right, did yeah. a lot of his fighting initially yeah. in Australia yeah. before he fought for Bellator and then for the UFC. Well, he's not really Australian as such, but... Yeah, look, I mean, he's an amazing fighter. Uh, Hector loves Australia. Oh, yeah, he uh, he's does, an amazing yeah. fighter, of course. But uh, I don't think um, we're talking about uh, when we were in Canada, like how MMA has gone down in Australia and it's shot up in Canada. It's um, gone down in Australia? Uh, it's, it, it's, it's been... Um, 
It's had a lot of trouble since the first UFC show. I don't know if it's um, I don't know. It's like my my theory on it was basically that we just kind of need someone coming up that makes it. You know, like um, a lot of the guys we're fighting now, like a Jamie and um, Tahuna and Anthony Parosh and them. They're they're, um, they're already quite established before they hit um, the UFC. So I think kind of we need kind of like a GSP sort of character. You know, an right. everyman sort of guy. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, you need someone who is like a championship level <laughs> fighter. Well, look, I mean, Jamie is amazing. Uh, it's not that. It's just mm-hmm. that, like, you know, Dylan Singh over here weighs about uh, 63 kilos. He did before. Now he's about not 100. Anymore, yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's no one for him to really look up and go, man, I can be that guy because a lot of the guys are um, heavyweights in Australia. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, there's no real light guys. Right, right, right. So I, I kind of think that's affecting the scene a little bit. Maybe it's a, it's a theory. That's an interesting theory. I think if you had a champion, that would immediately Absolutely. get everybody excited behind it. Well, Jamie Tahuna is possibly, uh, I mean, a, a potential. He's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, yeah, T- Tahuna's tough guy. Um, there's a there's a few. Kyle Noak is also a tough guy. Um, you know, there's who else is fighting in Australia? You know, you got uh, Hunt, who's out of New Zealand. Oh, Hunt. Yeah, yeah Hunt's awesome. but it's it's hard for like a, it's hard for kind of like a middle class Australian kid to or a rugby player, which are often private school boys, to kind of look at someone like Mark Hunt, who's just a, I mean, amazing fighter, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, it's it's not a, oh, that guy's led the way in the way I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, no disrespect, he's an amazing fighter. You know what I mean? I right? think, I, yeah, I think, you, you know, know they, so you need someone who's like a, a wholesome Australian regular guy <laughs> who the folks can relate to. Like yep. Mark Hunt. Like, <laughs> yeah, a guy with a fucking no, he, tattoo on his neck. He's a great you know? guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. Just, you know what I mean? Though. Yeah, no, I, I totally do. I didn't know that uh, Australian MMA has started to decline, though. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. It's, there's not a lot of opportunity out there at the moment, unfortunately. You know, like um, one of our girls is fighting in the house, um, the one coming up. And, I mean, she was on hold for a year at a time because there was just nothing going on. You know, there's just a couple of local promotions. But, I mean, most of the guys move overseas. overseas. I was thinking of something else but overseas like Carl and and um, mm-hmm. stay there you know because they have to Brian Ebersol went to Australia as well didn't yeah, he yeah, he, he was fought there for a while all over there for quite a long time right he's in uh, he's in Thailand now living in Thailand yeah yeah he's having a bunch of issues like f- physical issues I don't know he's, he's a, a tough guy he's had a, yeah a very tough guy very smart guy too very yeah. crafty fighter he's had a, a bunch of back things he's had a few things going wrong kept him out of action for a while um, so anyway so how the fuck does a guy who is having problems with concussions, what, what was your rationalization to not just go into Muay Thai, but to become a Muay Thai world champion? That's fucking bananas. That seems like worst path you could take <laughs> if you've had head problems. Yeah, I meant like, um, look, we grew up doing martial arts, both Liam and I. You know, dad had karate schools in South Africa where we were born and opened big karate schools in Australia. So it was in our blood. Like we already were doing martial arts, uncles, boxers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad also raced motorbikes and did barefoot water <laughs> all, skiing. And all my the, uncle. All the, um, barefoot yeah. water skiing. So that was my first proper sport with my dad and my uncle. How the fuck do you barefoot water ski? Do you want to tell him what they used to do to me? I, I mean, actually funny. No, it's, if you look at his nose, he tells everyone a broken kickboxing. That was barefoot skiing. Yeah, they used to, <laughs> dad and my uncle used to chuck us uh, on the back of the boat um, in Sydney. Just at a small lake called Brooklyn. And used to be like, no, you'll be fine. Just chuck us on the surfboard, crank it up. And Just then put your they, feet in. Yeah, put the hand up, you know, stick your feet in. And <laughs> I, was, I was like eight. 
And they would just drag you behind this motorboat? You've yeah. got to understand, like, South Africans, South Africans are what we call, like, uh, white belt and nothing. You know, like, <laughs> they've never barefooted before, but they've got an idea of how to do it. They saw, they <laughs> like, saw a few videos. Saw a few videos. Well, there's no YouTube. So this wasn't something that they were, like, adept in. They just gave it a shot. Um, they did it behind a smaller boat when they were in South Africa. <laughs> Look, we, we used to ski and they didn't know anything about slaloming, so they'd get um, snow skis <laughs> and you'd, you'd go on both and then kick one off and then and you'd have to go fetch it. Yeah, normally the one ski you kick it off would actually hit you. <laughs> There's no logic. You kick it off? What do you mean? So, so basically, um, like when you slalom, slalom ski. Slalom. Yeah. Slalom, slalom. Sorry. <coughs> Sorry. Both a bit sick at the moment. Um, you come up out of the water out of it. But our dad and uncle didn't know how to do that. So they'd just put you on two skis and you'd kick one off and then go find it later. <laughs> it's just, that's every Saturday morning. The Reznikovs have a bit of a reputation of, of being idiots, being idiots and a, a little bit different. What is, South Africa's a kind of a crazy place, huh? It's madness. Absolute uh, madness. Well, we're, we're from yeah. Cape, Cape Town's not that mad. Yeah. It's, it's more Johannesburg. <clears throat> Johannesburg's crazy. It is nuts. Cape Town is not that crazy? Well, you just went. Cape Town's not too bad. I mean, Johannesburg, I meant, you know, like we were driving back um, from a night out and we had to call (coughs) Armed Response to come actually follow us back to our house because we thought someone was following us. You'd call Response. That's the police? Uh, No, No. these are like (laughs) ex-Congo fighters that like um, hang around the neighborhood, which are private security guards with massive guns. And cars. So you just call them up, look, I'm walking home, someone's looking at me, yeah. you call the number and the car comes and follows you home. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not from Johannesburg. So I was, in, yeah, I was in Johannesburg and I was staying at a place called Boxburg. And I told my other friends, they want a nicer place in, in Johannesburg. I was there for a wedding. And I was staying in Boxburg and my friends were like, are you out of your mind? You know, we had guys out the front with uh, guns, like securing the complex and everyone's got dogs. And I mean, I was on the phone to my friend. And across the road, there was a shootout. It's, it, it's basically like a seen Judge Dredd, the, the new one. Yeah, oh, that's filmed there. Yeah, that's yeah, filmed course, there, yeah. that, that thing. It's, 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 mad, it's mad there. You don't stop at red lights. You don't stop at red lights. But if you look at Charlize Theron, they've got beautiful girls there. So that makes up for it in a way. Really? So hot it chicks make up for and it all oh, for me. bullets <laughs> flying He's all over married, the place. Yeah. Cape yeah. Town's wow. different though. You know, Cape, Cape, Cape Town's where we're from. It's a bit more like that's beautiful. Sydney-ish. Yeah. So Cape Town's safe, fairly. I had a guy try to get into my car when I was there, and I just drove on the other side of the road and, and well, just disappeared. I but mean, the, one of the dangers is Dylan came home, and he's saying, you know, Cape Town's safe. And I thought, yeah. man, you know, it's not – it's safer, but I wouldn't be s- relaxing like it's, right. you know, Sydney. Sydney's very safe, you know, comparatively. Yeah. Yeah, they did this thing uh, on some television show where they were talking about South Africa and all the uh, carjackings. And so they had all these different cars that they had wired up to uh, prevent carjackings with flames on the side. (laughs) Yeah, they're mad. Like they have these bars on the side of the car that blow flames on anyone standing next to the car. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Anything goes there, really. My dad says, you know, if we go to South Africa, he's driving because, you know, we we don't, if, if people lined up across the road, me and Dylan or Dylan and I will stop. He says, no, you just keep, you can't, in Johannesburg, different to Cape Town, but he's like, you know, they'll stop you and then carjack you. The day I arrived there, I remember seeing on um, YouTube, it was, it was only a couple, it was in November last year, and I remember seeing a car pull up, just put guns straight in the window, and they dragged, like, it was all over the all over TV, dragged, you know, like four or five kids out of the car, just threw them to the curb and just drove off. They haven't got really a... 
They don't really care too much but for life. You gotta understand. It's like it's like Brazil. People go, why would you live there? That you got a lot of potential to make money there. You know, and it, you got a comfortable lifestyle. And yeah. uh, we're, again, we're not from there, but that's our friends who are from Johannesburg. We say, why why the hell would you stay there? Well, they've been there for generations. Yeah. And you can't bring the money out. That's right. another. That's one dollar. You, know? you can't bring the money out. That's one dollar Australian to eleven rand. So when I go there, I shout everyone burgers. It's, oh, geez, it's cheap yeah. for us. What does that even mean? Shout everyone burgers? Oh, what? shouts like, like, like shout um, as in like pay for everyone. Pay for everyone. Oh, it's funny. While I'm sitting here, I'm noticing he's talking about South Africa, and his accent's becoming South African. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> as we're talking about it. Well, I mean, how how old were you guys when you left South Africa? One years old. Well, I that's ridiculous. Three, how the fuck can you keep a South African? Every- we went to you couldn't even talk. You were a baby. <laughs> well, it's we're from actually. Funny enough, um, and we're talking about accents. Nobody this whole trip has recognized our accents as Australian. Yeah, because Australians sound like kind of weak Canadians crossed with New Zealanders, you know, like, because we watch TV and we listen to podcasts and stuff. So, you know, we, we, uh, you have on your show, um, Jim Jeffries. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you listen to him, you think he's like Paul Hogan's son, you know? Right. Because when you come here to be recognized. he plays it up a little bit. Oh, he bit, does. He's from St. Ives, yeah. which is where we're from. Yeah, I've talked to him <laughs> off podcast, not quite as Australian. Well, he's, you know he's from where we're from. The same suburb. But yeah. look, he's very funny. I mean, yes, it's hilarious. hilarious. Very, very funny. Um, is he most famous comic out of Australia? I, I don't think he's... I mean, within the people that we know, he's not that well known. But I mean, he's... Every now and again, someone will come up and say, hey, check this clip out. You know, and he's brilliant, obviously. You know, but Yeah, he was telling me that a long time ago. I wanted to know if that had changed, that he was having a hard time in Australia, that he was famous in America. He was doing well in America, but not so well in Australia. Australia Australia, Australians are weird. Like, if you're an American, you come to Australia, your accent will make you funnier instantly. You know, like, right. think, think about our accent. Like, if I say ass, say, I mean, in America, it's not tough. It's not funny. It's not... Well, there's certain comedians, <laughs> I don't want to name the names, but there's certain comedians that get a little bit of extra credit because they have an English accent. Like, we'll, yeah. we'll accept someone from another country and we'll pretend that they're way better than they really are. <laughs> and then you watch their comedy, like, like American comics, like, that guy's dog shit. Like, what the fuck is everybody <laughs> going on Irish about? Irish accent? Irish is, that adds charm points instantly. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Scottish, <laughs> Scottish accent Scottish. as well. Um, yeah, we, we, we like other accents. I don't know what the fuck that's about. <laughs> girls love it too, man. The girls love Australian accents, right? Don't yeah. they? Well, guys, we, we, we pull it off, you know. Well, he, yeah. he says g'day, and every time we... We have <gasps> never said Australia. g'day in Australia. God, Nobody no. in Australia says g'day. <laughs> never. <laughs> but you meet a girl over here, you throw it around, hey, like, let her know hey, what's up. Can we get some, you know, some beer? We always say... Are you from Australia? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How long is that flight? Yeah. That's the first question we get every sure. time from an American. And the kangaroos. And kangaroos. kangaroos. We eat yeah. kangaroos. Is that the yeah. furthest you can get on a plane? What's the furthest flight you can make in one shot? Is it Australia? Sydney to LA. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty no, far. Is England f- further? Or no, no. England's only 10 hours from here. I just know it's so Sydney is 16. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's pain far. in the ass. We, we haven't slept more than about four hours for the last three weeks, probably. Like, we're just not adjusting well. Yeah, yeah. I've done it twice, and it's a fucking brutal flight. It's an awesome place, though. It's amazing. Yeah, I've only been to Sydney. This is the only place I've been in Australia. I fucking love it, man. Yeah, Sydney's, Sydney's awesome. Great, if I was going to live outside of America, Sydney's on the short list. It's the place. Yeah, man. this where we are now, I mean, not saying where it is, but where we are now is very similar to suburban Sydney. Mm-hmm. It's, we were driving around, and we are like, oh, this looks like ride. But you're yeah. on the wrong side of the road. 
We're on the wrong side of the escalator, <laughs> the wrong side of the road, yeah. we're on the wrong side of everything. Where, you know that awkward moment when you're just like walking out of one of those doors, you know, in Vegas, we were in Vegas yesterday, and you walk into someone and you normally shift to the left or right. Uh-huh. We go left because we drive on the left. Right. But they shift right, so we're both going the same way. <laughs> and we're like, I'm like, buddy, move. I'm like, move out the way. And he's like, keep, you move. You keep, yeah. you keep saying, look at that car, no one's driving it. Like, we're driving it, and I'm looking at yeah. the car, and there's no one in the front seat. Uh, like, because it's the yeah. wrong side. Oh, no, there was a kid, there was a kid just sitting there. Like what the hell? Was a kid driving? <laughs> <laughs> that baby's driving. Yeah, it's pretty scary, man. It well, we were just in though. Orlando, and uh, our driver was telling us that oftentimes people come from Europe or from England or where have you, and they in their countries they drive on the other side of the road, so they come to Disney World, get drunk, and get on the wrong side of the highway. Hey. Well, he he yeah. doesn't let me drive. He doesn't trust me. No. He's the mechanical guy. I'm the directions and. We got a Mustang, guy. so we're pretty happy about it. Oh, you're very excited. Yeah. Did you guys know why the left side and the right side? Do you know what? the origin of that shit is i heard an explanation but i don't i'll tell you what it is the left side the reason why they did it in england and uh, a lot of those countries is because it was from way back in the day when people would ride horses because you wanted to have your sword arm on the right hand side if someone was coming the other way so you could fucking hack at them (laughs) so where did america go wrong yeah, where were left-handed here? They decided no more war. Fuck it. Guns. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe it was maybe Henry Ford was a, a fucking lefty. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what started it off. Well, it's fun. I mean, our whole trip we basically spend the whole time just I mean, you guys you guys in America looking round and you drive and you're bored and this and interstate this and that. For us, it's like we're watching movies through our eyes, you know, like we just drove past Sherman Oaks mm-hmm. and I was watching No Retreat, No Surrender last week and we were just like, that's fucking Sherman Oaks. I took photos. What's No show. Surrender? No Retreat, No Surrender. You never saw that? So the, that's movie? a karate movie or something? I remember back um, in the day, the guy's name, it was Van Damme's first. Oh, that. That? okay. He went to Sherman Oaks karate. <laughs> we're like, Sherman Oaks, we're in fucking, we're going to take photos. Yeah, that's cool. Like, you got to take photos <laughs> of Sherman Oaks. That's <laughs> no hilarious. It's a silly suburb. I didn't think we got stopped. No retreat. No re- there it is. No retreat. Oh, no surrender. That. We great watched it last movie. week, man. Yeah. It's the greatest. Have you ever seen the Jean-Claude Van Damme reality show? Oh, where he does a lot of coke and then... Whatever his lawyer might yeah. not be happy about that, but yeah, well, whatever he does a lot of coke. Oh, you know? I still like his lawyer him, can go fuck himself. <laughs> I, I like the guy too, but his reality show is goddamn brilliant. It is. He's such a well. He's it's so he's so crazy. Oh, he is. He's nuts. so off the fucking chain crazy that you watch his reality show and you just like he kept he kept talking keeps talking about this fight. That he's gonna have, yeah, with the tie that's like yeah. 90 years old. Well, it doesn't matter, that's uh, he's not having a fight. I mean, it's just you know it, I know it, he knows it, everyone knows it that's filming it. It's like this weird charade that he puts on where he pretends and he, he cries, where he starts talking about the fight. I'm going to have the fight to show the children, I'm going to knock him out. But it's like the way he talks is like. A character oh, in a he's movie. Such a romantic, though, you know, like he's but a, a fake romantic. A m- yeah, romantic like yeah. a romantic in a bad movie. It's <laughs> like he's become a guy who speaks in bad dialogue. He's like become that guy. Well, I mean, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, you know, he still speaks with that accent. He's been living here forever. So is Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Does he live here? Oh, I mean, he's, he's been because traveling. The, I'm just saying. I, I don't. The show. It looks like he's in another country. He it's was hard in to Dubai tell. In one of them, I th- remember he's, he gets has a sparring match with some. Random chic dude and psychics. Him, did you see that? that no, I didn't see that episode. He's um, but um, they were saying when we were up in Canada, someone was saying to us, you know, GSP, for example, has kept his accent on a certain level because it's so recognizable. Um, no, no, no. I, I didn't no, think no, that was no, true. No. Somebody was saying no. That George to me. lives in Montreal. George, George speaks perfect French. 
I mean, mm. it's not his accent. I, I when I talk to George outside of the octagon, he speaks exactly like that. He That's does? what he does. Yeah, well, he's just he's very authentic. Well, just the reason I bring it, I was just wondering if like Van Damme's handlers or George's handlers haven't kept him. You know what I mean? Like mm. if he started talking like like this, George doesn't have those kind of handlers. George has trainers and you know jujitsu coaches and mixed mm. martial arts training. He doesn't have those kind of handlers. Like but someone Van who's Damme? like oh, may, maybe, <laughs> but Van. I mean, George was just in that Captain America movie, but. Yeah. He really didn't talk all that much. It was mostly him just kicking ass, you know. <laughs> it's a fun movie. Did you see Captain America? Yeah. Fucking we watched freaked it, um, up. There's a problem with the movie, an obvious problem. What's that? Captain America knows the Hulk, and he doesn't call him. Right, when he's in trouble. The fucking world's about to end, and he knows this invincible green dude. Why wouldn't he just go, hey, hey, look, there's some shit going down. I'm tired of getting my ass kicked. I'll be right back. I'm going to make a call. <laughs> he's and like the him. Hulk comes flying in and, and just fucking smashes everything. The movie's over in 10 minutes. You know, all those dudes, like, if, if Captain America's duking it out with those dudes and they're going blow for blow, the Hulk finishes everything in five seconds. The fucking movie is over. No <laughs> no plot to take over the world. It's over. It's over. Everybody rest rest assured. They had Sleep the, tight. The, the Ed Norton one on TV the other day. We were I watching it too, yeah. in Vegas. With Hickson? Yeah, with Hickson. Yeah. Cool, and man. the first 45 minutes of the movie are him avoiding wrecking stuff. You know, like, mm-hmm. he doesn't even do anything for yeah. just 45 the the Mark was his name Mark Ruffalo is that his name Ruffalo yeah 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 that guy's cool. he's like awesome guy. he's the best banner ever mm. here's another piece of nice. I- American trivia uh, in the comic books his name is Bruce Banner but when they made the television show they changed it to David Banner because they think Bruce yeah. is a gay name <laughs> that's how silly we are we're fucking silly well, we love America we're a silly as shit <laughs> man. <laughs> So back to you, man. How the fuck? In the round, get right back to that question. How the fuck do you go <laughs> from having too many concussions in motorcycle racing? How many concussions did you have, by the way? Uh, motorbikes had about four big accidents on the track. So four out cold, KO'd, uh, flatlined. Probably about three of them. Yeah, three hospitalizations from head yeah, injuries. Was, um, well, that was just from the motorbikes. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. you didn't wreck your body. No, it was actually all right. It was all right. So it was just head injuries? Um, yeah. A couple of, like, to be honest, we have actually had no major injuries from barefoot water skiing, fighting, racing bikes. That's incredible. Started bull riding recently. That didn't go that too well. That is the worst thing you ever Shut did. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You started bull pictures, riding? Man. You gotta, yeah, so. You're the manliest man alive. Dude, look at you. You only do savage uh, shit. But we look like little sh- hobbits. That's the funny thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I love bull riding. It's good fun. I only started getting into it. Like, you love bull riding. Well, I popped my shoulder. I landed upside down. Oh, so dude, you got to stop that doing that. first time. We had a guy on Fear Factor that had been a professional bull rider, and he had just had scars all over yeah, his shoulder. It had been there. reconstructed like eight times. And he said that... Anything goes wrong, plop, it just pops out yeah. on him. It's, his yeah. shoulder's just loose as fuck. Well, the thing is, like, the hospital called me. My friends called me. Oh, yeah, Dylan's dislocated his shoulder. I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> I've been in the hospital I'm, on I'm average like 10 times, times a year. Dad. Dad. For 12 10 years times now. a year? Nah, he's, he, like, I mean, just always little things. Just it's stupid. always stupid things, you know. But, but they called me, and I was just like, Tell them, tell Dylan I'm fucking happy. He dislocated his shoulder. Could have been. You got to talk right into this. Oh, sorry, sorry. It just has sorry. a big difference in the volume. It's a bit talk. intimidating looking at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just think I'd be used to it. Um, <laughs> sorry. Why are you looking at me when you said that? <laughs> That's a black dick joke for those at home that are listening, not watching. <laughs> but he just complimented me, so I'm sorry. I get with it. That. But the, the first <laughs> thing I did black. was I was like, yeah, "Fuck your brother." I was like, basically just like, "Fuck you." 
This is because we were in the academy together. I said, fuck you. You broke, you discade your shoulder. You're lucky it wasn't your neck. Hung up the phone. I'm not even going to deal with it because I'm just like, why are you bull riding? Look, I retired from fighting about a year ago, year and a half ago, and been living in Thailand on and off for a long time. And it's a, it's a very hard thing for people that are like, you know, eight, nine, 10 years in their career. I mean, look at John Wayne Pa, who's actually a good friend of mine. Yeah, I love that too. And great guy. And you couldn't say one bad thing about him. He's a sweetheart. Great, great fighter, great guy. Really good yeah, guy. Really so. good guy. You got to get him on the show. Oh, actually, I love him. He's awesome. Yeah, I love he's him. He's so funny. Yeah, I, I, I met him for the first time about a year ago when he came to the UFC. I got him tickets for the fights. He's, uh, he's, love well, that guy. That, Big uh, fan. I wanted to ask you a question about that being a celebrity of sorts. I mean, you are a celebrity, I guess. Um, absolutely. <laughs> I don't like what I'm talking about. Um, Aussies don't like to kind of like recognize celebrity to some degree. Like they feel embarrassed, you know. But one thing I was going to say is looking on the internet, I want to know how you deal with this. And I'm taking it off topic again. Sorry. But, um, you know, like some guy comes up to me the other day and he's like, oh, Wayne Parr, yeah, I hear he's all fake and he's a dick and this and that. Now, he's absolutely not fake. No. Absolutely. Like he got up at 9 a.m. hungover to do to treat one of our students to pads. Like he's the genuinely nicest dude I've yes, ever met, right? Yes, I agree. But it just seems like you can't be a celebrity without some dick just just shutting know, you down, man, making shit up about yeah. you. Well, eventually you realize that the only type of people that would do that, they would attack you for no reason, are idiots. So if you're going to live your life worrying about idiots or worrying about bitter, negative people, some people are actually smart. Some people will attack you and they're smart and they write these scathing negative things about you that are not true, not based on reality. They make these judgments <laughs> of you. They, they decide who, how you think and they flavor you and their, their, their posts, their, whether it's a message board post or a blog post, but they're just negative people. And then, there's a real problem with being able to post on the internet, whether it's posting on a message forum or whether it's making a blog, and that problem is, it's not a, you're not interacting. You're just putting out a thing, which is fine. You know, there's 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 good to that because you know you could read things that people write, whether it's a blog post or a message board forum post, like on the underground. That could be very informative and fascinating. But also, you can decide to like, you know, Liam is obsessed with himself his ideas are bullshit his ideas are and you can just go on and on and on with all this uh, ad hominems and all these uh, in- fallacies about a person and the person's not there to respond and so if that person reads it like no I'm not what the fuck asshole <laughs> but th- this is not a conversation and mm. those kind of interactions would never take place if someone was in front of, of you if they're in front of John Wayne Parley John Wayne Parley's fake he's bullshit and John Wayne Parley what are you talking about Mike yeah. right here <laughs> like, uh, fake, I'm right here. Like, they just wouldn't yeah, say like, it to him. Well, they wouldn't say it to yeah, him, and yeah. even if they did, they, he'd be like, "Okay, well, how am I fake? Explain how I'm fake." And he'd be like, "Well, I've never done that. Yeah, like, what are you nice saying?" Guy. He'd probably just be like, "Ah, oh, that's your problem, mate." Just yeah, you know, he's yeah, a real wouldn't even react. And he's a self-actualized. Mm. You know, he's got personal sovereignty. He doesn't need a fucking idiot's no. he's the opinion of him to to define him. But people will try to define you, and they'll try to mm. define you in a bunch of ways. But most of the time, the reason why they try to define you is because they're failures. Whether they're personal failures, whether they're professional failures, they're failures at life in some way, shape, or form. If, if they don't have a real interact, like you didn't steal from them, you didn't do anything to them personally, if they don't have a real beef with you, they just decide to start attacking you, mm. almost always it's because they're losers. Yeah. So is. you're dealing with a pool of people that are, Almost all failures. What they see in you, if they, whether it's John Wayne Parr, look, John Wayne Parr is a multiple time <laughs> world champion. Man, I mean, he's amazing. a bona fide bad motherfucker. I mean, he's a guy that, look at him, there he is right there. 
and yeah. George St. Pierre brought him in <laughs> to help right, him with yeah. his kickboxing. I mean, he's just, he's he's as legit as they get. I mean, look at that fucking stack <laughs> of belts. Well, a guy who sees a guy like that, and you you know, men measure themselves against other men. They don't like it. Imagine his eBay store. I have had fucking <laughs> conversation with someone like, hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? And then f- fucking that one person will tell someone else, some 20-minute story about what a douche I was because I didn't say, hey, what's up the right way. You know, people just decide that they're going to define you because defining you in a negative way somehow or another makes them feel less bad about how they compare themselves to you. When they compare themselves to a guy like John Wayne Parr, they come up short. I mean, he's a fucking savage. He's a rare human being. So you, you compare yourself to him. You don't like it. Hey, hey, that guy's a fucking fake. He's a this, he's a that. People love to just chop people down. It's that crabs in a bucket mentality. You know what crabs in a bucket is? Yeah. Put a bunch of crabs in a bucket. They can never get out of that bucket. Because as they're trying to get out of the bucket, the other crabs pull on them and drag them down. Yeah, right. Well, he, he actually, I mean, you can talk about it instead of me asking you, but um, I mean, uh, for a fighter, it must be terrible because you can get knocked out and you look silly when you're knocked out. I mean, not silly, but I mean, it's, it's not a um, nice moment, right? There's a video of a guy coming up to Rashad Evans with a photograph of when Lyoto Machida knocked him out. You know that famous photo? Yeah, yeah of course. Because he got really knocked out and yeah. he was unconscious. The guy was asking Rashad to, to sign it with a big ah, smile geez, on his what face. A dick. Well, you Fucking stopped going on the internet dick. after a while, didn't you? Yeah, I had, I had him just writing for me, man. It's, yeah. <laughs> I was his publicist. Yeah, basically. I just stick off the internet. And that there's other the other problem is this anon- anonymity. The ability to post something as, you know, jickfuck69, you know, make some fake name up, and you could just say the meanest shit about somebody, you know, instead of like a photo of you, and here's my background, this is where I went to school, this is what I've accomplished in my life, and this is what I think about Dylan. You know, <laughs> instead of saying that, you know, you just... Post some nonsense, some fake account or fake name, rather. Anonymity with, with sensitive information and insults it just doesn't work that way. When you, the, the thing about insulting someone, if you define someone, insult someone, most of the time there's like an evaluation process during that insulting. Like the guy, like if, if someone's a fucking 300 pound guy who just shit his pants and he's calling you a loser, it's really difficult to take him seriously. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm a loser. But, you know, if someone's an anonymous poster online, all that evaluation kind of goes away. It's like, do you take that person's opinion seriously? Yeah. You know, don't terrible for fighters. I, I, it is. Look at the underground. How many fucking pros post on the underground? Where's the last time you saw John Jones posting on the underground? Where's the yeah. last time you saw... A lot of them lurk. They go in, they creep around, they look. But <laughs> when they post, just so many fucking assholes. I mean, Tito Ortiz is probably like one of the last guys that stopped posting, but even he gave up after a while. Yeah, I mean, how yeah. many times can you hear people, anonymous 14-year-olds, just shit all over you? You know? Yeah. But I, I treat it like snake venom, and I feel like you get bit by a snake... And you could really get fucked up. But if you get bit by a little bit of snake venom every day, you get immune to it. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way yeah. of thinking. That's how I look at it, personally. But it's, an, it's just a side effect of this stage of interaction. Because there's not going to be any anonymity. There's not going to be an anonymity within the next decade or two decades or whatever it's going to be. Enjoy your privacy and your freedom now because... It's not going to exist 20 years, 30 years from now. It's just it's not. Yeah. A good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. In a way, I mean, for a guy like me, it's normal because I'm already not anonymous. I'm already yeah. out there. But I think everyone's going to be out there like that. The, yeah. the people are going to pretty much know as much about you as is humanly possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's coming on the show. It's funny. We talked a lot about this. And um, 
one of the projects we're doing is with that, um, with the growing down one is with a psychologist and he, we were talking about it and being on the show and stuff. And, you know, we've got a business that we teach kids, you know, we teach adults and, um, we teach a lot of sensitive people in like a white collar area. Right. And the psychologist friend of mine, um, Jonathan back, he's, uh, he's on the, on the other show and he, um, he took him a while to open up a little bit because he was worried you know, people get a lot of information about you on these things, you know, and um, they can judge you, they can use it against you, this and that, like, especially if you're somebody who likes to talk like we do, or I suppose you do as well, and just give opinions and think and shout things out. It, it seems like it might be a little bit dangerous. What did you write there? It looks like a dick. What did you write? We're just worrying, worrying about the effect of what you say can have in a mm-hmm. public scene, whereas if you're at a bar, you can say whatever you want, you know? Right. Well, yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of people that judge your thoughts and your opinions and how you express yourself. But at the end of the day, it forces you to evaluate your thoughts and your opinions and how you express yourself. And you, you know, you have to, you have to own your words and you have to mean what you say and say what you mean. And once you do that, you're like, I'm comfortable with it. Uh, there's not a single thing I've ever t- said on this podcast that I feel like, man, that really, I really fucked up when I said that because now people have a different opinion of me. Right. My, my opinions that I say on the podcast are well thought out. And I'm lucky that I started it, you know, later in my life. I didn't do a podcast when I was 20, when I was a fucking idiot, you know? <laughs> I, I think back on that, like, God damn it. If there was podcasts from when I was 20, oh my God, you could hold it against me to the end of time. Because yeah. we all learn, we, you have to be, if you're going to be out there and you're going to take chances, you're going to fuck up, mm. you know? And you're going to fuck up socially, intellectually, uh, along the ways. The only way a person learns is by trial and error. Trial and error and absorbing information from other sources. Those are the way. You learn on your own by your, your own failures and your, your attempts at you know, accomplishing things that you're not really qualified to do. And then you learn from other people's information and from other people's failures. That's, that's what we do. Absolutely. But when you fail online, man, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, how many forever. fucking knockout animated GIFs have you seen? I mean, for the longest time... Remember that guy, Fred Eddish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That poor fucking guy was tortured. Fred Eddish is a guy who fought in UFC 1, and he fought Johnny Rhodes, and Johnny Rhodes beat him down, and uh, there was a guy who started a website called oh, the Fred yeah. Eddish hey, fetal, for it. fetal fighting <laughs> style, because like, he f- curled up in a fetal position while Johnny Rhodes was beating him down, yeah. and so they were you know, torturing this fucking guy. And, and he's, he's, quite, he's fought again since then, right? Yes. He, did, he had one fought MMA. Something. Well, he learned jiu-jitsu. He, you know, he became a real MMA fighter, and he... Yeah. I think he fought more than once, but you know, he's a legitimate martial artist. He just, like a lot of us back then, before the UFC came along, he didn't understand what real fighting was about. He thought that his karate was enough. I, Mm. you know, when I was doing Taekwondo, if, uh, if the UFC had been around when I had only done Taekwondo, I probably would have thought that Taekwondo was enough and somebody would have taken me down and strangled me. (laughs) Um, when I first went into kickboxing, it was a huge realization to me that I, I thought that Taekwondo was enough. And then I was getting my face punched in. I was like, oh, my God. Like, there's so many holes in this style. And then I started Muay Thai. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. Kicking the legs. And then it was <laughs> jujitsu. I was like, oh, well, fucking Christ. I've spent all this time doing this one style that I thought was sufficient. But that's what the UFC was all about. Yeah. It was exposing <laughs> the world to the effectiveness of real martial arts. I'm laughing because I, I ended up doing jiu-jitsu extensively, <laughs> and he did Muay Thai, but he ended up doing jiu-jitsu because every time we get in an argument over MIRC, <laughs> jiu-jitsu would win. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you take him yeah. down strangle. Oh, yeah, My yeah, mom yeah. wasn't very happy yeah. about it. 
Well, yeah. most people have no idea how helpless they are on the ground no. until it happens. You have all these ideas, and you know Dana White and I had this conversation the other day. He used to joke around about it, but he used to always think if a guy tries to take me down, I'm fucking hit him with an uppercut and do this and do that. But Dana says, that. "Yeah, in the old days, oh right, that's right, how you used to think. Yeah. Not now. Yeah. I was but that's, yeah. No, <laughs> he's like, I really thought that before we went. We, you know, we owned the UFC before I started. Right. You know, learning about mixed martial arts. He's, it's, it's like we laugh about it because." Everyone has these preconceived notions. And you don't realize how helpless you are until you yeah. actually do it. Well, he's got a bouncer to hit you now, so I'm not a, a yes. bodyguard to hit you. So. Well, he, he, <laughs> nobody's hitting anyway. He's a sweetheart. Dan yeah. is one of the nicest guys he ever. Does but like the point is that most people have no idea how helpless they really are yeah. until they actually roll. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he pursued jiu-jitsu quite seriously for a while as yeah. a result. <laughs> you know how frustrating he is? I'm like, let him get the hell off the computer. He just takes me down and chokes me out. Me. It's too easy, right? It's yeah. fucking frustrating. No, I took it up quick, man. <laughs> you <laughs> got mad. It gets you mom. mad. You can't just like knee your brother in the face. It's not, you know. No. You, you try. You know, I tried. I tried. Well, I've tried once. The cra- well, at least you're a martial artist, though. The, the really crazy thing is when you get someone who has no martial arts experience whatsoever, and you know, you go, okay, um, lie on top of me and try to keep me from strangling you. Ready, set, go. And they'll try to like hold you in place, and then the next and thing you know, breath. And they, yeah, it yeah. takes like fucking ten seconds, and all of a sudden <laughs> they're essentially a dead man. Yeah, you know, it's it's that's the beautiful thing about jujitsu, and that's what jujitsu showed the world. Yeah, but these poor guys like Fred Edish and these poor guys that had to. They had to be the reason why we learned. We had to see these guys learn. We had to see, you know, these guys get taken down. Art Jimerson with his boxing mm. and one glove on. You know, we had to see these guys getting taken down. You know, Art Jimerson wants a rematch with Hoist Gracie. Oh, I could talk to him recently about it. He's a bit kind of a little bit, though. a little bit. Yeah. taking a few of those. But <laughs> in Thailand, it's funny. Um, it's getting a bit better now. But every time we'd go, there were a couple of places like Supra that had a cage. And the Thais would be like, yeah, I'm going to fight MMA soon. I've got a big heart, you know, I can, mm. and clinch. Their clinch is ridiculous. Yeah. But when you hit the ground, they don't have the ability to relax. Mm-hmm. They just don't, they don't really get it. Yet, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is a shame, but, you know. Well, it's a very different thing, you know, especially uh, Muay Thai or any, any kind of striking, going from striking to grappling. Like, I've seen friends that are good boxers, and they get very good endurance, like hitting the pads. They can hit the bag for, you know, five, six rounds, no problem. They roll for a minute, and they're exhausted. Yeah. They just don't understand. It's a totally different style of moving, uh, conserving your energy. It's just a, but you know, those guys, man, we owe such a huge debt of gratitude to the original UFC fighters because they showed us with their own humiliation in their losses, you know, and even guys who are like badasses like Orlando Veet. Remember that guy from that Muay Thai guy? He's He's a fucking animal, man. The commentators, oh, he'll be out of this shortly. <laughs> He's Fuck, he is. Yeah, yeah. Remco Pardue elbowed him into another universe. Yeah, that was a horrific knockout, too, because he was trapped under this giant judo guy who's just <laughs> smashing him with elbows in his head, and his head is stuck there. He's just bong, bong. <laughs> this huge judo guy just crushing him. You know, and then he gets crushed by Marco Huas and Hoist yeah, Gracie right. and all these other people. We learned, you know, we really learned what, what real fighting is. So many of us had all these, like, crazy ideas of what fighting was. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was, like, 12, and I was in England. Oh, in England, yeah. yeah I went to England um, just on holiday with family, and Liam said, listen, man, Dylan, you've got to get me this... Um, this crazy cage fighting. It's illegal in Australia. Like you couldn't actually buy it in <laughs> Australia. <laughs> well, no, it was UFC 1. No, it was 3. It was 3. Definitely. And I bought it back. 2 was the first one that came out on video. What year was this? We, we oh, watched geez. it in about 95, I think. But it was definitely 3 because Hoist 
I was expecting Royce <laughs> to smash everybody, and then he pulled out. So oh, it was yeah, the first was one too. we ever watched. Yeah, it was too. Because ah, yeah. in Australia, we just didn't have access. It was just, we used to trade VHS tapes overseas, you know? That was the only way we could do it. Right. Was yeah. that one yeah. of your businesses for a while? Yeah, well, in high school, I couldn't get hold of it. So I, I had this UFC 3 tape, and then I I legally sent it overseas to um, trade it with somebody. So I had two tapes, and then we had three tapes, and then I'd trade three, and I'd have three tapes, six tapes, etc. But I remember we watched it, and we waited till everybody went downstairs because we thought someone was going to die. So yeah. we were huddled around the thing. We pushed play, and of course, nobody died. There's no not Google, nothing back Well, then. they could have, though, man, because the medical test they did on those guys was fucking nothing, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was nothing going on. They just threw people in there and hoped they survived. And Joe-san looks like he probably has been messing around on a corner a little bit. Well, you know Joe-san's in jail now. Yeah, he murdered someone now as well. No, he? well, he murdered someone in jail, in jail but yeah. he went to jail because he was a part of a gang rape. Eesh. Yeah, they, they did a, I don't know what happened. He got arrested for something else, and they uh, they they matched his <laughs> DNA sample with an unsolved gang rape. I'm laughing at the giant cross. Anytime you see someone that extreme, you know they're going the other way short. Joseon used to hang around the comedy store and before he ever got arrested, and he was so weird, man. He called everybody sir, called you sir and mister, and he would Stay hug away. everybody. He was really, really weird, man. He was really weird because he was like five foot two and just jacked. Mm. Just and, and and he was hanging around and everybody was like, "This guy's fucking crazy." It was like a weird dog that he was like, you were hoping that didn't bite you, and everybody's like, "Yeah, nice dog. Okay, let's get out of here." You know, <laughs> in, a, in Australia, you know, like when we have weird dudes, you don't generally worry about um, getting stabbed or shot. In America, it's a real concern. Yeah, with drugs and stuff, we, we mm-hmm. just don't have. Um, you don't have that imminent sense of danger that you guys. Obviously, this is a safe. There's safe areas, but. You just don't hear about it in Australia as much. You so Australia, there's more fist fights. Is that what it there's is? More fist fights. Yeah. There's bottlings. England as well. Bottlings are just well, man, it's fucking the scary shit. Now. You know yeah, that? they've got that kid died. Them all. Coward yeah. punches. Uh, uh, it's what's called, they call it uh, dog punching. Um, sucker punching. King su- hitting. Yeah, sucker so punching. Hit, if you hit someone while you're intoxicated, or even I don't know exactly, it just got passed. And you hit them, it's like a massive jail sentence. So some kid got hit and died by this big juice head who said he was an MMA fighter. Oh, yeah. That was um, was bad. So he got soccer punched? He got, well, there were were two or three kids arguing with him. Uh, They were kind of like, you know... um, well-dressed sort of kids and the guy hit one of them and then he hit, fell and hit his hit, head yeah he hit his head and died and um <sighs> they want to change it to say um it's not called a sucker punch or a king hit it's called a coward punch yeah so australia kind of rallies behind these odd things like that now they've also made it that you can't go out you can't come into a bar after a certain time so they got locked down now after it's, i think just doesn't three make we didn't go out much but three o'clock you can't whatever club you're in mm-hmm. you got to stay there like you can't come and go huh why is that They've got it's, up in Queensland. No it's, common sense. It's just uh, they basically they keep the dickhead down the street. So when you go out with your wife, yeah. they're waiting on the corner, rejected from a club. <laughs> so it's worse. Well, you know what, man? The idea of having these places where people <laughs> consume the worst drug ever for social behavior, and it's all Al- over the world. Mm. Alcohol is the worst drug ever Absolutely. for social yeah. behavior. Lowers inhibitions, makes you feel like a bad motherfucker when you're not. Gives you terrible, shitty judgment. I mean, it's like the worst drug as far as like getting involved in fights. If we had pot clubs, if we had places where all you could do was smoke pot, you go to a place and just eat brownies and smoke pot, there would be no fucking fights. Absolutely. Nobody wants to fight on pot. They just don't. Even if you're thinking about fighting, you're like, I got to go. I got to get out of here. Well, Fuck Canadians are so nice. Yeah, that's one of the reasons. Look like crazy. They're just nice, period, because they're not trying to take over the world. You know, that's <laughs> one of the big fucking problems with uh, America is that America's got this long, deep history of trying to take over the world. 
or defend against other people trying to take over the world. So it's just a fucking group of psychopaths living right underneath these nice folks to the north. Yeah. Well, man, we just went to Quebec and Montreal. It was beautiful. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Quebec is wicked. The Montreal is fantastic. Oh, the, the Canadians are the nicest people in the world. Mm, you know, that's the other short list place that I would move to. Vancouver. You ever been to Vancouver? We no. went there for one night. God damn, that place is awesome. Yeah. Is it? Amazing. So uh, another city that I really thought about moving there in uh, 2004 after uh, Bush won uh, re-election. I really thought about moving. I was because like everybody's so fucking crazy. He won again. Like how could he win? Like yeah. how the fuck did that guy win after all this nonsense that everybody knows about him? Yeah. This crazy fake war that they dragged us into. It's just not fa- real war under fake pretenses. But I was like, this country's going to turn into some banana fucking. Republic police state. Yeah. Like we got to get out of here. For for us living in Australia, I mean, it's it's a very much a Canada. It's very relaxed, mm-hmm. and um, it's almost a little bit too fortunate. And I had a friend move here because he um, he just said it's really easy in Australia to be middle class, but it's very difficult to make a lot of money and be upper class. Mm. There's, there's just America just has that kind of um, the ability to tr- something different. Move up. There's a bit of romance here. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm. Maybe you don't see it. It's for us we see it. You know? No, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. The, the, the caste system and the class system that exists in uh, England exists in yeah. you know, a well, lot England's of other places bad. in the world. Yeah. England is really bad. Is it? Hey, some of the, we went to Manchester and it was a yeah, bunch was of rough. kids walking around with babies because they, um, they give them a house if you have a kid. So there's 16-year-old girls everywhere with baby baby. Yeah. Um, Pushing press. Because of socialized it's the society, socialization. It's pretty funny to watch. Just okay. young chicks everywhere with kids and red hair. That's weird. I didn't know that. It's uh, that was just as nice. Like our family's there as well. Socialist ideas. I mean, there's 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 good things to it, like healthcare. I I, I really think that's one of the big problems that we have in America. And Australia's they, good. Like the that. way they're fixing that in America is like fucking up even more. Uh, Obamacare and the. Mm-hmm. Um, Affordable Care Act has got so much, so many people are angry about it. But but I think that the principle behind public health care should be that that's like one of the first things that a government takes care of. First things that a society, a civilization takes care of. I mean, what should everybody have? Well, everybody should have access to health care. It should be like one of the first things. It shouldn't be that everyone has to go buy it, though, that they, af- they force you to go buy it. Yeah. I mean, it's mm. this weird sort of, you know, we have the money to to start wars and, and finance these overseas campaigns, but we don't have enough money to take care of the health of the yeah. citizens based on the tax revenue that we generate. And I think that's just crazy. Well, you guys you guys have to keep crap jobs just to keep your health care, right? Sometimes like Many people, people do. Yeah. yeah, many people take and keep jobs just specifically for uh, their health care. He takes care. advantage of the health care system in Australia, that's for sure. Yeah, man. I bet you Our do. Our premiums <laughs> in the whole of Australia have gone up because of me. Because <laughs> you're sure. fucking bull riding. So, sure. so back to the thing. So you... <laughs> You have all these fucking concussions, four, three big ones, three, three out cold from motorcycle riding. Yeah. And you decided to go into Muay Thai. Yeah. Well, I meant, um, tell them what you wanted to do in between then and why you got into Muay Thai. So basically I decided to join, um, Israeli army. (laughs) Um, we've got family over there as well. And the school I went to, some of them decided to go over there. I was dating an Israeli girl as well. Thought I'd go to the Israeli army, and I was eighteen. I thought I'd go join; it'd be a good experience because my dad was um, the paratrooper dog unit in South Africa. So I was like, "Hell yeah, why not?" This is this is the brains over here. This no, is the brawn, yeah, sort of. 
And the thing is, is this girl's mom is convincing him to go to um, the Israeli army romance this. And Israel is very romantic. Yeah. You know? yeah. And meanwhile, she's moved to Australia so her daughter doesn't have to go to the fucking army. Yeah, true. She's convinced him. <laughs> yeah. I thought this parents. chick's going to marry me for sure if I go to the army. It's like So that's why years. you – so how do you join the Israeli army when you're living in Australia and you're an Australian citizen born in South Africa? It's voluntary. Um, it's voluntary. So they'll take anybody. No, if you're from a Jewish background, um, it's voluntary and you can join the, the Israeli army. So or, you're from a Jewish background, that's all you needed? That's correct. That's all you need. That's all you needed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then you get free stupid. university. But <laughs> oh, really? It's after three years of pretty you know, active duty. So you go over there, you're 18, you join the Israeli army. No, I didn't quite make it there. So I told my parents <laughs> and my dad you was... You didn't tell your parents. That's the whole point no, of the I story. I told them in New Zealand <laughs> about three days before I was going. Why did you tell them? Um, oh, cause I'm terrified of my dad. <laughs> um, He's like the nicest guy ever too. It's just funny. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> nah, um, yeah. And they're like, no, you're not going. Get me a big guilt trip. I canceled it. I had a plane ticket. I'm like, well, screw this. Leave already. I mean, he's a couple years older than me. It's like, screw this. I'm going to go to Thailand. Then on the same ticket. My parents are like, you're going to Thailand. We're paying for him to go with you. I went as a chaperone. <laughs> All expenses paid. First night we arrived there, went straight to 7-Eleven, got a massive bottle of Samsung. It's a uh, Thai whiskey. And just got a, like absolutely drunk off my head on um, Koh San Road in Bangkok, which is like a bad area. Well, it's not a bad. It's, it's like, like touristy, tourist area, trashy you know? tourist it's like area. A, it's it's a it's, it's like the Vegas Trip. Yeah, yeah, but friendlier. You know, it's a bunch of kind friendlier of, um, than the Vegas Trip. Well, not if well. Look, it's it's basically backpackers central. Yeah. Um, everybody's very friendly because they're usually straight out of school and they're free and they're wearing <laughs> their fisherman pants and drinking and smoking cigarettes. They right, can't do, yeah. you know? Going there just for vacation. It, it's gross. It's yeah, gross. It's in the middle of Bangkok. City. Okay. It's lovely. So, but you're not alone. There's probably a bunch of other people drunk like that too. Well, right? they got him drunk. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, the, the, the ironic thing is I got drunk on the corner with a homeless Israeli guy. Yeah. A lot <laughs> that was of, the funniest part There's a lot of them in. A lot of Israelis. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So, and then ever since then, I was like, man, I love this, this fighting business. Like I was already boxing since I was young. Liam was doing jiu-jitsu, obviously I looked up to him or... Well, I was doing Muay Thai and thought I was good at it and then he got 10 times better than me. Yeah, I was like, screw this, man, I'm just going to live here and just kind of kept going back and loved living there. And what, what, what was it that like forced you to like make that decision? Like what, what, um, what triggered in your mind to like go, okay, now I'm a Muay Thai fighter? Yeah, look, I mean... At school, I, st- you know, I didn't so much struggle at school, but, you know, I have ADD and, and shit, ADD, I'm learning difficulties. <laughs> it's yeah. even remotely interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I just struggled. I thought, you know, like, I want to be something good. And Muay Thai wasn't established in Australia yet. Like, there was no... Wayne Pa was still very good, but, but it's talking about New South Wales. And There's a video on uh, the thread on the underground, um, I mean, on a uh, message board uh, of him fighting. Pull it up. So we could put it on while we're talking. Oh, so, me fighting? Yeah, yeah. There's a video of you fighting on my message board. Is this my highlight? Uh, it is a uh, world championship title oh, fight. Yeah, that's the one he got. That, I wanted to ask him about that, actually. That was the second time in his whole career he got knocked out. Yeah. I wanted to ask him what it's uh, like to actually watch yourself. Yeah, no, I've watched this a few times. Who are you fighting there? Uh, that's Sonny Venanthi from New Zealand, a really good fighter. Um, this was actually, I still get told to this day, um, some of people's favorite fights because... We kept dropping each other in it, and um, this is quite. There's my coach Nick Stone. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't have a good. I had a, a good training camp for it. I just, you know, I was kind of. Oh, uh, I wouldn't go that. F- Look, it's. I was well, getting. I had too many coaches, 
Whereas I, sh- I w- you know, I should have had one that overlooked everything. And you're getting contradictory information. Is that what it is? We didn't really like the problem was with Muay Thai in Australia. I mean, he's got a coach, Nick Stone, who's a brilliant coach. But it's um, you know, we had a bit of boxing, a little bit of nutrition, a bit of this, a bit of that, and it it, it's, it wasn't how we coach our students. It was just basically do a little bit of boxing, a little bit of running, wish for the best. Like it wasn't it. You weren't totally organized, is that what you're saying? Yeah, you know, like, and I was going back and forth between Thailand. So, you know, the Thai's like, no, 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 you kick like this. And you come back to Australia and like, oh, fuck this guy. What was the difference between the way the Thais told you to kick and the uh, Australians told you to kick? Look, the Thais are more dominant in clinch elbows, knees, and kicks. Especially clinch, which is what I love the most about Muay Thai. It's my favorite thing. Um, Whereas Australia, you generally find, like, Sonny Vananthi, I'm just watching the video now, is very well known for his hands. So in my whole career, I only took about 12 to 13 hits to my head in all my fights. Really? So I wasn't someone, if you watch, I don't get so hit much. 12 to 13 hits ever to your head? How's yeah. that possible? How Not many really. fights did you have? Oh. 34? Yeah. 34 fights and only 12 to 13 hits to the head? I like to stand when, when outside When you say range. that, you mean you, hard, like, hits. hard hits. You know, like glancing elbows. Not jabs yeah. and yeah. stuff. Right. But um, yeah, this gets really exciting in round two. Do you two. think that um, Muay Thai fighters take much less damage than boxers, per oh, se? Um, it depends. Um, you know, like I'm reading a lot of the articles um, in the MMA forums and stuff, and there's guys coming out saying the damage is getting done in the training. It's not getting done in the cage. Right. For me, my training in Thailand, we don't even really spar. We do a lot of clinch, a bit of play sparring, a lot of pad work, a lot of groundwork. Well, they have it down more. You know what my opinion is? about MMA sparring. The real problem is that MMA in America and MMA as a sport in general is still very young. It's a very young sport. And there is a lot of people that got into MMA that really did not know how to properly train for striking. Absolutely. Properly train as far as like what kind of damage you do long term if you spar really fucking hard all the time. Yeah. But boxers always have had a history of you know, gym wars and stuff mm-hmm. with tires. Yeah. See, the thing is, like, when, when Americans went to Thailand, they saw the tires training and they copied it and brought it back. And this happened in Australia a lot. Um, it's one of those fights you can't stop watching when you start. That's like, yeah, I know right, what's right. going to happen. Yeah. Um, sick. But um, the problem is that they watch the tires do it. And this is like anything. When you go overseas, you do yoga, you do Muay Thai, whatever art you're doing, cooking, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And they're watching the tires do it. And the tires go pads, bag work, clinch. And that's it. So the Americans have come back and Australians come back and copy that, but they forget the ties don't spar for one reason. They fight every weekend. Right. You know, yeah. so from a that's young kid. Thing. So they don't spar. Why would they spar? They right. fight. You know? Right, so, right. So, I mean, I think like um, that was lacking and clinch is really lacking in Western countries. But um, ties don't, if you watch them fight, have you been to Thailand, Joe? No. Yeah, oh, when you watch them fight place. around the fourth um, round, if one guy's won, they stop fighting in the fifth round so that they can fight next yeah. week. They know who's wow. won already. You know, the yeah, first round, good, they don't go hard. They don't wow. throw elbows for the first round normally. Yeah. There's a lot of that sort of stuff in the And they, s- they go slow in the first round. Is that because they also want to place bets? There's is bets, a big part of adrenaline. That schnoz. the other reason? Ooh. Adrenaline? Well, because the adrenaline will take a bit to kick in, like to um, it's like the to problem calm is, down and find your rhythm. Look, the problem with Thai <laughs> boxing is like he's been, how, long, how many times have you been? 26. 26 times. I've been about seven, 16, 17. It was on about our 10th trip that a Thai actually explained the rules to us. Oh, yeah, I remember. Saxon. Yeah, Saxon, right? And it's like... Saxon Jinjira? 
No, I wish, but no, that's that. He's an he's an American. So, Saxon is uh, the name of the gym. Saxon's and- a guy. He beat a um, you know Sumcor. Sumcor is like the the best kicker in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Look, he, he was just hang- look. A lot How did he become t- the best kicker in Thailand? Oh, some course. Okay, he was kind of just known for a while, but this guy explained the rules to us, and we're thinking, Jesus, like nobody. Oh, beautiful knockdown! And by the way, that was not illegal for people that actually lived in Thailand and kept saying it was illegal. Why was it illegal? As long as, long as you throw the kick before they're down, you can. You kick know, them like away. sometimes they land on the ropes. You can still hit them as long as they don't hit like the floor. Oh, so I see. All those critics out there. But what was oh, the point of this? Was I don't know. He, oh, he knocks me down. With Thai, Thai, Thai boxing, one of the misunderstandings people don't they don't understand is like, you know, the Thais, they won't fight in the fifth round. They won't use, you know, elbows usually in the first couple so they don't cut oh, each other oh, so they can oh, fight oh, next oh. week. And then the punch oh, that, in the so back that of the head. Illegal. That so was illegal. So I had a brain hemorrhage from this fight. Really? Yeah, Holy so shit. one shot to the back of the head. And so you hit from the back of the head while you're down. Yeah, you were down, totally. So now I got a little bit dirty. It happens again. Wow. So I had a brain hemorrhage. I, uh, I remember going to the hospital for a while. And this was the fight that convinced you to stop fighting? No, I had, a, I had uh, one or two fights after yeah. this. and Yeah, no big deal. Just a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> yeah, one or two How fights Did they have after. to drain your brain? No. Uh, no, nah, it was only a small bleed, but it was enough to. Yeah, you look like you're certainly uh, wobbly here. Oh, I keep going. Damn. But the thing about about the fighters, man, it didn't have to be this way. Like, yeah, if you didn't get hit on the back oh, of the head. And then again. Being dangerous, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it, it, it's, uh, I hate saying, like, when people hear us say that, it's, the, the sport of Muay Thai is generally quite pretty safe. safe compared to boxing yeah. or, or rugby. Rugby's a horrible sport. Yeah. I mean, a lovely sport, but I mean. But how is it safe when you're dealing with head kicks and shins and knees? Well, I and mean, how many headshots have you seen this Oh, fight? you dropped him with a head kick. This is a crazy yeah, fight, man. Back and forth. Holy shit. To get dropped like that and get punched in the head while you're down, then get punched in the head again and dropped, and then drop him with a head kick. And then I think this he punched a- you back of the head again, but it was only when I kind of went down. Also, I think this fight I changed to Southpaw. That's kind of one of my later fights where I changed to Southpaw. It's wild. Um, so the difference in the way the, the ties fight being that they fight like almost every weekend. Yeah. And they that they train like very differently. But even their sparring, they don't go at it full blast. Like the Dutch, who don't fight oh, as much yeah. as the ties, they throw hard kicks to the legs and to the bodies, but they throw lighter punches to the head. Jesus, we, we were in Holland a few, about a year ago training at, at oh, I won't say which gym, but... Um, Man, those dudes were Good punching gym. each other's heads through the wall. Like, really? Oh, man. Especially when what you gym? had... Um, I was Majiro. Yeah, Majiro gym. Gym's great crazy. Gym. Really great gym. gym. That's a great gym. By the way, if you ever go there, have you been there? No. Well, there's a, there used to be a Majiro gym in Encino. There's a guy, Shuki, from uh, Majiro gym in uh, yeah. Holland, came to America. He was here for a while. He's an Israeli as well. Uh, he went back to Israel, though. Well, anyway, go to the locker room and just be prepared to keep your eyes facing straight because there's group showers and everybody's naked guys and girls talking and chatting after training. We weren't ready for that. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be ready for that? When you're sitting down, someone's changing next to you. No, no, the the guys and girls shower together and walk around. Sounds great. Beautiful. Back to the Garden of Eden. Yeah. (laughs) We weren't ready for it. Wow. That was cool. So... Jeez, they kill each other in training, though. So how did you decide, though, like, that you were okay doing this? That was a beautiful head kick, man. How did you decide that you were okay doing this after, like, retiring from motorcycle racing because of concussions? I mean, you weren't worried about these (coughs) concussions like this? That's some bullshit right there. Like, I hate you. That should have been the end of the fight. Yeah, I kept going. There's another one coming up. 
Um, but look, I can't take it away from this guy to get off topic because he, Sonny is a top fighter. Oh, he definitely is, but big, he's big also his... a dirty bitch. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie, Dylan actually has a lot of respect for him. I yeah. woke up for about three months after this fight dreaming about strangling him. Oh, that was the first fight my mum watched has, as well. But he is a lovely guy. Everyone tells me. I just, just gets I amped was, up. Every, every morning I woke up dreaming, I was just like squeezing. I like how you hit him when he was down too. Payback, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a crazy fight, man. That's a crazy fight. Wait, this is the first time you really got hurt in your whole career. Yeah. Really. I, got, I, got, I got knocked out in Jamaica on, on a big show, but I was so dehydrated. We, we're like, oh, yeah, gotta, my coach says, oh, you got to be 135 pounds. I'm like, oh, yeah, 62 kilograms. I get there, and Steve McKinnon, who's uh, one of my coaches as well, he's a heavyweight. Um, I'm thinking, you know, 135 pounds, it's probably around 61, 62. Didn't think about it. I get there, I'm like, shit, man, I'm going to cut like... So where'd you end up? 58 kilos. Yeah, I was like 58.7 or something. I had to get down. I don't even know what the weight was. I was like 64 kilograms is, uh, in Jamaica. Wow. So, so what's, what is that weight. in pounds? How um, many kilos it was you talking about? You're talking eight kilos? Was it? Uh, you were eight be, uh, kilos off? No, nah, I was about five or six, six, seven six. kilograms. Yeah. So let's say six. So six is, is 2.2 pounds it would have been per. So pounds. Jesus Christ. And yeah. back then we didn't like, you know, we didn't know many of the cutting methods of sit in the right. sauna for five hours. Oh, we were saying, about, saying about this, you know, and I'm sure it's the same for you with everything you do. Like we didn't, we now, the way we coach, how we didn't, know back then or how we wanted to be yeah. coached and we just didn't know you know so, right so he'd just go jump in a sauna suit and that's what we did you just did it yeah there was a it. lot of really bad weight cutting in the ufc <laughs> back in the day i i used to cut weight to fight in taekwondo tournaments i cut the day of Jesus. and i would you know get down to 140 pounds the day of the Ooh. fight yeah you got hit I was in like head, 16 yeah. 17 yeah it was terrible for you very dangerous well that was the thing about boxing while they changed it to uh weigh-ins the day before Same. the fight yeah. because they give the fighter a chance to rehydrate the big issue was brain injuries to a, a dehydrated fighter are more substantial yeah, of course they but found out that almost all the deaths in boxing came outside go. of the heavyweight division in the heavyweight division there was no deaths yeah that's right. one of the things they attributed to this is not cool to watch it's it's one of those fights to be the greatest fight ever if you weren't the guy's Dude, I made the best highlight of this. It was just me hitting him. <laughs> we don't have to watch again. No, 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 it's cool. no, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. You can keep going because I want to ask find the highlight a, clip. a question at the end. But um, yeah, I man, there, there's a theory now. They're saying that, and I was saying to one of my guys because we just went to the UFC and he cut about five pounds, and everyone keeps saying you need to drop down a weight division, right? Yeah, this is not cool. That's it. Man. That was not cool. This is the end of the fight. That was a back of the head shot again. Yeah, that was another yeah. back of the head shot. All right, we can, we can kill oh, Jamie. Uh, you can watch it if you want. That's all right. Um, so, the, and you fought two times more after that. How many how many MMA fights, or excuse me, uh, Muay Thai fights did you have total? Um, I had a couple of like, um, you know, we kept my record down because I was fighting in Thailand a lot. Uh-huh. So if those guys, I've never been passed around two in Thailand in 16, 17 fights ever. Really? So all up, we we found a lot of tapes and probably about 30, 34. Yeah. But they started getting dodgy towards the end. Yeah, I started finding bigger ties and like there's some there's some good ones on, on YouTube of, of me finding his tie. I think I dropped him like 15 times with elbows. Yeah. I just kept dropping. I always got just kept getting back up. So I don't know. I didn't really, it didn't bother me fighting in Thailand. You, you've got little kids, eight-year-olds that are fighting and it makes you feel, you know, in Australia when I fought, it's like you go backstage, you've got to rev yourself up. You've got all your friends there. You, you know, it's the crowd. It's the music. Thailand, there's like eight, nine, 10, 15-year-olds all sitting in the back with their mummies, taping their hands. 
you watch them fight for they it. They tape their own hands. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they fight for like 15 minutes. You're like, oh, this isn't so bad, you know? So it's a more normal. relaxed environment. So yeah. you feel like easier going into the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Got the music playing as well. And I was normally in the main event being like the Westerner. And I started finding some really good tires. It, it started becoming really good. It started fun. towards the end getting a little bit dodgy, like, because tires are very proud people. And uh, they're very similar to Japanese, like that. And they started kind of slipping in the bigger dudes and slipping yeah. in the. There was a one fight actually, so the one that shoulder? scared me, where he was actually winning and you, you threw him and he just got his shoulder. But he yeah. was, it was a bit scary until then. So yeah, I think like, he kicked him in the head. He was a big boy. So when you say bigger dudes, you mean like the wrong weight class? Like they're they're outside of your weight class? Like ringers? Oh. Like bringing like ringers after a while. Were they bigger than you? The, the thicker legs. They're trying to just set you up? They didn't, really, they didn't really weigh you, do they? No, we didn't really weigh in. I just, most, of the, most of them were either my weight or heavier. Earlier on, they used to weigh me, but um, yeah, later on, they're just kind of about my size or bigger, which I was okay with. It was, it was still good fun. Wow. So you fought over there for many years, and were you there when the tsunami hit? Yeah, so... Excuse me. Um, basically, <laughs> the story of this, um, I don't think I even written this online, but basically, um, we were in Koh Phangan, so we're actually the other side of Thailand. And um, my brother and I in Koh Phangan, and I was still staying there for quite a while, having some fights. And my brother's like, listen, man, I'm, I'm going back to Sydney. Cool. So I can a bit of money. I'm like, yeah, sweet. Like I had so much in my bank. I was, I was like 20. And he went and took it, and he entered the PIN card wrong. So he entered the pin number wrong when he put the, the card in. And I was like, great. So it swallowed my card. I was like, oh, fucking great. So I'm stuck here in Copenhagen, which is like the full moon party, like crazy party island. And I had to wait like four days to get a replacement card. In that time, my friend, I had two doctors that lived in Melbourne, Glenn and Tom. And I'd met them a few times in Thailand. I said, listen, you guys go to PP Island. You go to the other side of Thailand um, where we wanted to spend New Year's and Christmas and I said to him, oh, you guys go there and I'll meet you over there. I've got to wait for my replacement card. I was still there for a couple more weeks. Um, sorry, a couple more months in Thailand. So they went over there and then the tsunami hit. So in a way, I kind of missed the tsunami because of my brother. So I'm like, okay, well, Being a moron. I'm like, screw this. I'm going to go look for them. And we didn't know what actually happened because the media is often run you know, by governments and we didn't really know what was going on. So we heard, oh, there's a bit of a wave. And, um, yeah, basically we heard there's a bit of a wave and, you know, I thought, oh, we, we'll try help out. I'll go look for my mate. So I got, I got a friend, um, to write in Thai saying I'm head of the Australian search and rescue. So I went over there with a, another South African friend who I'd met, who, who's now a very good friend of mine. And they're like, okay, cool. Well, you guys are in charge of, um, pick up the bodies. We're like, yeah, this is just fucking great. And we got more involved and, you know, there was, was 1,500 bodies on PP Island. We didn't carry all of them. There was just a couple of volunteers and stuff. Wow. And then after a couple of weeks, we're like, well, we tried to do a few other things. Um, you know, we, oh, you know, those things, they wanted us to start cleaning up because there's a lot of disease on the island. Because um, of the bodies? Because of the bodies. And then the animals started eating the bodies as well. Oh, God. So bodies would be washing up, you know, all the time. What kind of animals? <laughs> um what actually happened during the tsunami was um, in PP Island, it's flat. You know, it's got two hills on the other, on both sides. And the, the animals must have detected. There's a lot of articles on that on the internet. I uh, detected that the tsunami was coming in and they actually all went into the hills. So there was like, you know, dogs, cats, birds, whatever. Um, there's a goat we found running around like loose. I don't know what the hell it was doing. Um, 
they stayed in the bodies and then they got sick as well. Um, it's only a small island. Um, and that was, you know, I was like how, how big a cross is it? You can walk from one side to the other. It's wow. not, it's not that big, but, um, yeah. So, and then I was like, oh shit, I better keep looking for my friends. So we went through the bodies, went through the pictures in the morgue, went to the morgue. Meanwhile, these two, two monkeys, they're both, um, they're both doctors now actually had gone across to PP Island. It's a bit of a trip, you know, like fairy bus. Wait a fairy. minute. Two monkeys? No, no, my two, the, my oh, two friends had a doctor. Okay. <laughs> right, you don't really mean really monkeys. No, no. I was like, monkeys became doctors. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically, they met some girls on the bus across, and had just stayed in a hotel. And I don't know what the hell they they were doing. So I'm looking for them in the tsunami, you know, pick up bodies and do all types of crazy things we probably shouldn't have. And um, and they were just on the mainland, hang out with these two girls. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went all the way there to find them, and they were just chilling out. Um, but you know, obviously I, I suffered a lot of, um, not so much depression, but more so, uh, post-traumatic stress after I was only 20, 21. Um, yeah. And stuff, a lot of post-traumatic stress and, um, you know, it ate that much and just um, from the bodies. Well, PTSD um, wasn't really like a th- talked about as much yeah. at that stage. You know, like I, I felt like I was a warrior. I was like, oh, better not talk about this. You, you, to be fair, my mom was like, don't even think about going over there. And I was like, yeah, hell no. You're like, no, mom, don't worry no, about mom, it. Don't worry about it, yeah. I went straight straight over there. And we wow. had some cool experience. Like, every day I could write a book on the things that we did and what happened. And Well, that's the idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so no, so when, cool. when you say post-traumatic stress, like, specifically, like, what what was the feeling? Like, what did you, uh, what, what was the issue that you had from seeing all that horrific shit? Um, look, I mean, for example, actually what happened when I came back, my parents split the day I got back from the tsunami. So they split and my brother and I were just in the house alone. So, um, I don't know, like, you know, would we watch, was it Bad Boys 2? It's your favorite movie. Yeah, I love Bad Boys 2, man. <laughs> love that movie. Wow, you really did get hit in the head a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, man. Um, yeah, Bad Boys 2 and, you know, we'll see the bodies in That's it. I still don't get why you like that movie so much. Sick, man. Will Smith. So Bad Boys 2, what would happen? You'd... There was a, a scene with the morgues and stuff like that and bodies uh-huh. and, yeah, like a little bit of a flashback and, yeah. I don't know, it was just kind of hard. It wasn't something I talked about. It wasn't something I was proud of. I was like, oh man, I put everyone out. You know, I probably shouldn't have done that. And yeah, a bit of guilt as well. Well, you only told me some of the stories today. Yeah, quite recently. I, yeah. I haven't talked to him about it. That's one of the reasons I um, I put up the post up because we were so busy in Sydney and everything's always moving, moving, moving. We never actually sat down and talked about it. All I know is he had some trouble, you know, and we see each other every day, you know, but just... It's never just come up in conversation, you know? So today on the way here, we were talking and on the plane stuff, we're talking and I'm like, I've never heard any of these stories. Yeah, some cool stories. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, which is strange. It's strange, I guess, but uh, that's that's what it is. You know, for a 20-year-old, I think it was, it it kind of, I grew up very quickly and I went back to Thailand a lot since then. Um, Yeah, it was was a cool experience. Later, like now, I've been working for the Coastal Movie Rescue Team for about three years now. So I'm the only Westerner that does it. Only idiot. Yeah. What is the what rescue team? What is it? So in Koh Samui, they've got um, private ambulances and then they've got volunteer. And there's the rescue team. So if like a boat flips or there's a car crash or a local sick or someone dies or there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of bike accidents stuff. You know, we go collect the bodies or we go. dumb Westerners. Yeah. We go like patch them up and take them to the hospital. And it's a bit of everything, you know. There's a fire. We're there. Like we're kind of. G.I. Joe kind of rescue man, but I'm the only Westerner. So that led to that later on. And I've had some pretty cool experiences for three years now, just working 
couple of shifts a week with the Thai team and you know one shift uh probably the, the hardest shift I had was last February when I actually decided I'm gonna retire and I called Liam I'm saying I'm gonna retire and I was like <laughs> if I'm gonna retire I don't have to train that much so I, I spent a lot of time doing the rescue team and over the full moon party on the island up from us in one shift from 11 a.m till the next day 11 a.m there was like 30 accidents we attended Wow. Yeah, so it was pretty. It was pretty. And they don't get published, you know, as well. That's the other. Yeah, thing. we're not we're not really allowed to talk about all of it, um, but most of it's you know Westerners, drunk Westerners, just being stupid. And I mean, there's a girl. Um, I think her sister is Nicole Fitzgerald, and her her younger sister Kate. And Nicole um, was on the back of a bike, and I don't know if it was a Westerner tire got hit by a truck, Oof. and she died. And now I know um, she promotes. Um, safety for for riding and, and, and transport in the Asian countries because a lot of like a lot of Australians are dying falling off like balconies in Phuket and just stupid stuff just being drunk and it's it's a great it's self, place yeah don't, don't Thailand's get, amazing like make it sound worse like this is the worst part of it you yeah, know what I mean right. like it's an amazing place but people just go there and it's um you know the Thais are lovely people beautiful people very patriotic like if yeah. they're king if you don't talk badly about their king if you go they to the movies, their king. well, you've been to the movies there, right? Yeah. What happens? You have to stand up and stand and up for the, king for the king for like 10 minutes. And one Westerner, one idiot, um, refused to stand up. And they just, of course, Swarmed what him. happened would happen. You know, like, I yeah. don't know what happened exactly. I just know he was taken away, basically. They beat his ass? Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're kind people. So I, I don't know if they beat his ass, but they would have fined him or arrested him, you know? Yeah. Wow, just for not standing up at the movie theater yeah. for the king. You don't? You can't, I think you get arrested. It's, it's for their country, that. man. It's their country. Fuck yeah. everybody who goes to, you know, like right now, you go there and you go to these places. And the key with going overseas, and you've traveled quite a lot, of, of course, we've traveled like a lot. When you go to someone's country, you never go to the place where Westerners hang out. I don't want to see Aussies. I don't want to see Thais that deal with Aussies because the Thais that deals with, deal with Aussies, they get that red-eyed look and, you know, they get, it's just a little bit like they're not the, they, they become um, jaded. Right. So it's just like um, you've got to go to that country and respect it, you know. Yeah. If you go to Thailand, and you must. It's an amazing place. Don't go to an area where Thais have to deal with Westerners yeah. because mm -hmm. then you've got to deal with the Thais that have to deal with the Westerners. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, Hawaii is a part of America. Um, but that's the the argument that you always hear about Hawaii is how they hate Americans. But like, it's just because they're dealing with douchebags all yeah. the time. Yeah. I mean, imagine the fucking idiots that you have to deal with that are always on vacation, coming from all parts of the world, and they're all drunk and they're all uh, you know entitled <laughs> because they're spending so much money to get over there. They act like you should give a fuck about them. You know, uh, I've met people that are Hawaiians in Hawaii that are some of the nicest, kindest, coolest, mm. sweetest people yeah. you could ever meet. Yeah, but then you'll talk to people, oh, Hawaiians hate Americans. Like, maybe some, maybe for a fucking good reason. You know, maybe they have to deal with dickheads. Yeah. Ties hate, uh, hate Israelis. Really? Because, yeah. and, and Israelis, have you been to, it's a lovely place. Never it's, been to Israel. Imagine Copacabana without crime. Really? It's pretty much what Beautiful, it is, man. you know. Tel Aviv. Beautiful place. No crime. No crime. I mean, everyone's got the the you got girls, eighteen year old girls, machine guns on their back. You know, at McDonald's, off duty. You know, but wow, it, that's an underrated traveling place. But everyone's so scared of the bombs and all that sort of right. stuff. Right, you don't worry about it when you're there. But anyway, it, anyway, the point is, is, they hate Israelis in Thailand. So we'd go buy a motorbike, which anyone can have. Any girl, Aussie girl who gets off the plane can hire a motorbike. Never driven one before. 
And um, we go hire one and they say, oh, no, sorry, we can't lend you. And we say, oh, no, we're Australian. They go, oh, okay, we thought you were Israeli. So so what wow. what the reason is, Israelis are nice people. It's not that. It's just that the ones that go to Thailand are fresh out of the army. So they're, they're crazy, you know, like they're just straight out of the army. They've seen all this bad stuff and they go to Thailand and they just smoke weed and just go crazy. Yeah. Well, they just go crazy, basically. Mushrooms and everything, disrespectful towards the ties, alcohol, fights, loud. whatever, you know, loud. Because they feel entitled after the army, but, you know, the ties don't like them. Right. But if you go there, it's, they're nice people. Australians nice aren't people. far off at the moment. The, the, young, uh, the young traveling Australians. And the Russians aren't Gang. doing so good. So now the Russians uh, have, like, there's a lot of Russians in Koh Samui and the islands in the past two years, I've noticed, especially working for the rescue team. I'm attending more and more Russian. I right. may as well speak Russian. Uh, more and more Russian accidents. And because um, our last name is Latvian or Russian, really. We Reznikov. thought, it was, we thought mm. it was Russian yeah. until about a month ago we found it was Latvian. So. Yeah, we're going to change our haircuts and everything. Um, <laughs> and basically, me a picture of a cricket. <laughs> yeah, but now, you know, when I went to hotels, um, and I can speak Thai, so for me it's like I can get around it. They see my last name, Reznikov, and they're like, no, 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 we're full. I'm like, you out of your mind? There's like <laughs> 10 300 rooms. rooms. There's rooms open, I can see them. And, I, and you speak to them and they're cool. Once they realize you're Australian. Well, yeah, but if I spoke Thai, they kind of really take you in. Oh, do you speak Thai? Um, that's a bit a rusty. Bit. He's moment, very, he does. He's bloody shy. That's Every time I say, Dylan, order for us and speak to Thai. No, 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 no. Yeah. The West, Thai, uh, the, the, my team didn't speak English at all. No one in my rescue team. So sometimes there's misinterpretations about, you know, I, I didn't interpret things properly. When they speak to me in Thai, they'll be like, go over there. And, you know, like I'll drive to like the other side of the island if I was, I was driving the ambulance and... Yeah, some some yeah, not so funny. But things. the one thing about um one thing about Thailand people don't know is that before the tsunami you couldn't buy property there or businesses unless you were under a Thai name. So you'd marry a Thai woman or a yeah, Thai man. Right. So which is great. I think that's a good thing. The Thailand should be owned by Thais. You know? Um but after the tsunami they allowed foreign investment. Foreign investment. So if you go to Koh Phi, which is where the beach was filmed, that's where he did his rescue stuff. Um it's not recognizable anymore, you know? So anybody can buy a business and property there now. That wasn't like that before the tsunami. And it changed a lot because of that? I mean, before that, you've got people who have to go roundabout in circles to set up businesses and brothels and strip bars and stuff like that, you know? Now, just give them money. You can Dude, do there's Russian you strip clubs in the middle with of the main. <laughs> yeah, with Russian strippers in the middle of like clubbing areas. Yeah. Really? It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, you've got to go. It's an amazing place. And the but people are amazing. Yeah. That small part, you know, of, of Thailand, like there's still a lot of untouched areas. Especially up north is amazing. Yeah. Do you think that it's going to change irrevocably because of this though? Because of allowing Westerners to buy businesses there? Is that going to fuck everything up? Look, I know a lot of expats that live there. Um, a lot of South African expats as well. It's a big ex expat community. And it's nice there, but like anywhere, like like my brother said, you, you know, there's bad areas, um, like specific bad areas, and out of a whole island, it's only a small area. So now I don't really go back there anymore. Why do you say team. bad? It's not exactly bad. No, it's, it's not just, bad. It's just young people getting drunk. It's just drunk, great young, crazy. It's like spring break all yeah, the time, basically. When wow. was the last time you went to spring break? It's been a long time. I'm not really into it. Even when I was really? on spring break in college, I wasn't really into it. I we dream about that Too many stuff. people throwing Fucking beads at Great you. place to get stabbed. <laughs> is this too crazy? Is, is it, it worth going? Well, I think whenever you give someone the opportunity, like, this is the time. It's New Year's Eve. Let's go yeah. crazy. Like, people go crazy on their own. You don't need to give them a <laughs> fucking a day where they're allowed to go crazy. 
like the full moon party in Thailand. Now they make the half moon party and the quarter moon party. Like they need more days to go nuts. Well, there's um, a lot of clubs do New Year's Eve nights. Uh, They do stand up comedy shows. For the longest time, I avoided those just because they. I got tired of the drunken crowds on New Year's. They're so crazy. It just wasn't worth (laughs) doing. But you know. No. Tell him where we spent New Year's this where year. Where did we spend? I can't remember. We got, we got up to the uh, farms. We went hunting, yeah. yeah up to Terry Well, bloody, here's something for you. Every time we speak to an American or Canadian, we spoke to, there were these two guys at um, the UFC, uh, Antonio Cavallo, real nice mm-hmm. guy, and his friend Monkey, who's a really good, um, I don't, he doesn't use his real name, and they live up north in Canada, and they hunt fucking... Bears and wolves and and with automatic rifles. In Australia, you can only get single shot. Yeah, Mm -hmm. bolt Um, action. And they're saying to me, I'm like, we're going to come next year and you guys are going to take us hunting. That's be fun. And he says, he said, uh, I said, why don't you come to Australia and hunt? He goes, you're out of your fucking mind. I'm not coming to Australia. I go, what do you mean? He goes, come to Australia and hunt. You guys got the most dangerous animals in the world. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, you just said you hunt wolves and bears. (laughs) We don't have shit that attacks us. The only thing that attacks us are pigs. Crocodiles. Yeah, but yeah, the no, pigs attack us because we're chasing so we're them. We're in New South Wales, so there's no crocodiles. Where are the crocodiles? They're up, up north. northern territories and stuff. They're, you've got to be careful. You don't step in a puddle there. You know? Really? Yeah, there might I mean, be one hiding underwater. Yeah, man. Yeah, they're, they're, sure. they're, they're terrifying. Yeah, Fuck you don't see them where we are, though. But, but the thing is, for us, like the scariest creature you're going to see is a, is a brown snake. Yeah, you know, which is now. deadly. Yeah, but they don't want to be there. If you're hunting in bloody Canada, there's bears and polar bears. If you keep going up, you know, yeah. but bears and wolves. Mm-hmm. We don't have wolves. We don't have things that attack us. We don't have anything that attacks us. Uh, yeah. Well, the, so the crocodiles, they're limited to one part of the island, but do, they do swim what about down. the water, the swim? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you're talking about, we're talking about like bush hunting, right? Like like in a bush, right? But the but swimming up on the top side of Australia, you don't just have to worry about sharks. You have to worry about crocodiles. Yeah. Crocodiles in and the sharks. beach. And what part is that? What is the-, the It's like Darwin the area. Darwin. Yeah, way up north. Up above Queensland. Queensland sort of up there's above, no, yeah. There's not much up there. Have you guys seen that guy who uh, claims to be Jesus in Queensland? He's become uh, no. fairly famous on the internet. There no. was a, an internet expose about him. Some, uh, I believe it was a British guy, went to uh, Queensland and talked to this guy. He's got a huge colony of people up there that believe he's Jesus. Oh, Jesus. oh wow. He's got some woman with him that he uh, says is Mary. <laughs> so she's a whore. Well, you know, she's a reincarnated whore, sir. <laughs> I don't think her herself. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, apparently uh, this guy's uh, causing a stir up there, and people are hoping he gets eaten by crocodiles. He's got a good chance <laughs> as long as there's a puddle around. So it's that bad. Um, in terms of the puddles, uh, I mean, look, the problem with crocodiles, anything like that. Look at me like a bear. You could probably run around a tree like a black bear. I don't know. I've never seen one. We're looking forward to actually doing it. Run around a tree. No, I'm saying as in like a black bear, you could probably shoot it or climb or something, right? Not a a brown bear, the smaller ones. Do you know know how fast a black bear can get up a tree? We want to go next year. Black bears (laughs) can literally get up a tree as fast as they can run. Ah, Jesus. They go like this. They just go up the tree. I, yeah, you're not going to outclimb a black bear. Do you reckon a good black belt could strangle one? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Either. No, I don't think you could. You could shoot it. I mean, you, most of them are scared of people because we usually have guns and bows and arrows and stuff. Right. Yeah. But black bears are tricky, man. I've never seen one. Yeah, we've never. They don't usually attack people. Black bears are much more likely to run away from people than attack people. But people have died because of black bears. Brown bears, on the other hand, are fucking yeah, terrifying. Yeah, so. Grizzlies yeah. are a totally What's different that animal. that movie, um, and Anthony pu- Hopkins one, They're with the bear that's bloody chasing him? For oh, that. yeah, I don't remember that. I don't remember the name of it. They're terrifying, though. The polar bears are the most dangerous. <laughs> really? Though. Yeah, because they're 100% carnivorous. The other right. ones are omnivores. 
Probably right. even grizzly bears are omnivores. Okay. Um, mostly, brown, okay. I'm sorry, brown bears hunt a lot. They'll they'll kill moose and they chase oh, moose nice. and chase them down and kill them. They chase antelope and, or um, uh, rather a caribou and deer. They'll See, eat we don't have fawns. any of that stuff. But they uh, and they they definitely kill people. They kill people every year. They kill people even in America every year. That's brown bears. Brown bears. Brown bears, brown bears, brown bears yeah. and grizzlies. Essentially the same bear. Black bears are smaller, but still very dangerous. But all those bears, they eat different things. They'll eat right. like roots and berries. But if a polar bear sees you, they just go, oh, shit, I could eat that. And then they just start <laughs> coming at you. Christ. They all just want to eat anything that's moving is on the menu. Well, what about wolves? Are they scary? You think they're scarier than bears? Wolves are scary as fuck because they act together. The, the scary right. thing about wolves is they act together. They, they haven't been... There haven't been very many attacks on human beings, but it's only because we figured out how to contain them and kill them. <laughs> there used to be a lot of them. I mean, all that big bad wolf, all those stories, the you know, Little Red Riding Hood yeah. and all that mm. stuff, that all came about because at one point in time, before the wolf populations were put under control, especially back before they had really good weapons, wolves were a huge problem. Right. During World War I, the Russians and the Germans had a ceasefire because the in in the, the 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 forest they were killing so many troops the wolves they ran into a super pack and wolves uh, especially in like the really cold climates can form super packs there's also a principle of the the further north you go the larger the, the mammals are that's why polar bears are the biggest bears and kodiak bears because you the, the further north you go the more they have to maintain their body mass or to uh, in order to keep heat so you have enormous wolves, and they there were so many of them that they were killing so many Russian and German troops that they got together and they made a ceasefire. They said, "All right, look, we're gonna just kill these wolves, and then we'll go back to killing each other." Well, Jesus, it's a famous guy. incident. Yeah, mm-hmm. this guy Monkey was World telling War. me like I was like wolves, yeah, whatever, because we got dingoes, and dingoes are like dingoes are kind of like crackheads if they kind of gang up. They'll kind of and follow you. You're kind of in tr- you know you're in trouble. When was the last time but you saw a dingo? Well, my dad was jogging once. He saw one dingo and he kept jogging, and then he saw two. He kept jogging, and then he saw them on Fraser Island. If you ever come to Australia, like you've got to go to Fraser Island. Yeah, best Fraser place Island in Australia. And bring some anti-dingo weapons. Well, no. you just don't jog on your own. Bring red band. Or How something. big are they? <laughs> no, they're like dogs. Right they're first. Uh, like dogs, like uh, seventy um, pounds, sixty pounds. They're kind of like you guys have got something similar in coyotes. Yeah, something similar to them there. They kill people every now and then. A woman uh, died a couple of years ago, a folk singer up in Canada. A bunch of coyotes killed her. She was 19 years old, young kid. Apparently a talented singer, too. But the wolves that they're starting to shoot now in North America are really fucking big. Get, <coughs> Jamie, pull up a picture of a big wolf that someone's killed. They, they, they kill these wolves, and they take pictures of them after they shoot them. They like put them in bear ho- hugs and hold them up so you oh, see how big they are. You know, they're 150, 200 pounds. They're fucking Man, huge. I love dog. I could never shoot a dog. You say that, but yeah, what if it was a bloody wolf? Circling you. I love humans, but I'd shoot one that wants to kill me. Look at the size of that. That's one of them. That but is that's that, That's a perspective shot. The wolves in front of you. It's it's hard right. to tell. Yeah. Show uh, one of the ones where a guy's picking up a wolf because there's some of them where guys are holding up these wolves, and you're like, that is fucking insane. It's bigger than a person. Look oh at that. my god. Yeah, look at the size of that fucking yeah, thing. Right. And they have them? a lot of them now in places like Idaho and uh, <laughs> Montana. They're they're starting to uh, to shoot them and uh, put hunting seasons on them and, and m- put larger um, uh, tag limits on them as well because they they want more people to kill wolves. That's a lion. They're that's, big. That's, that's big. See, what are you There's another one. Of look at the size of that. Australia, Fun. we've got the smallest. We've got the bloody little spider that kills you and a snake. 
Well, a That's lot of these are reintroduced it. in North America. The thing is, they were almost decimated in North America, so they brought in the Canadian wolves to repopulate. And then again, here's the issue. The further north you go, the colder the weather is, the larger the animals. Uh, and so you get in these larger wolves. I mean, they're the same yeah. species, technically, but it's just like like white-tailed deer. White-tailed deer in Mexico tend to only be like around 100 pounds. But when you get up to Alberta, white-tailed deer get to like 250, 300 pounds sometimes yeah, right. because it's much colder and they need to have more body mass to keep their body heat up. It's pretty pretty amazing well, stuff. Australia's pretty weak like that. Yeah. I mean, crocodile's probably the worst, I guess. No, no, no. The funniest thing was I, when we were in Vegas yesterday, I, was, I met up with a friend of a friend and she, I was like, you know, you, you and your, your boyfriend got to come to Sydney sometime. I'm like, Sydney? Man, every like you know, if I go there, it's just everything wants to kill me. I've heard that like the worst. Where ten does that times. Come from? Right? Everything's trying to kill me. You've got spiders. Yeah, snakes, but you're one of the only that. Americans who's been there. That's how you know. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and she's like, "Oh man, I heard about those drop bears," and I was uh, like, drop bears. You are, yeah, 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 "Are you serious? Don't give that away. Yeah. You don't know about drop bears, do you? What's a drop bear? Drop bear is um, it's a, it's a kind of a, an alternate species of koala bear." And they um, hang, you know, koala bears. Yeah. And they hang out in trees, and they they drop on people's heads. Um, they don't know why, but for some reason, the way Americans talk, they um, <laughs> they you, uh, you get where we're going with this. They fucking yeah. hate Americans. They fucking hate yeah. Americans. It's the accent. There we go. It's basically like, well, yeah, that's the drop. That's bear. the gray ones. See if you can pull a black Get the one fuck off. out of here. Yeah. We're yeah. It's, it's, that's not real. It's uh, yeah. No. That's okay. real. Drop a koala bears, bear yeah. with giant fangs. Look up black. Black drop. They bear. only attack Americans. Australian what? black they only drop. They attack bear. Americans. Uh, Are you trying to keep Americans out of Australia? We may or may not be doing that. <laughs> Are you guys fucking with us? It's. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Come on, are you fucking with us? I'm not the sure if we if we say anything. I'm sure when we get back to the when we get back to the visa section at our airport, they may take our passport. How is it possible that these koala bears? This shit is photoshopped. Son. Bears. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> this is bullshit. It's isn't something it? about the pitch and the uh, smell of the American pheromones. Yeah. It's the mustard. Something about red meat. I smell bullshit. You're smelling the right thing. <laughs> okay, why are you bullshitting people? No, they don't know any better. In Australia, um, <laughs> in Australia, it's just a thing. We everyone every time you meet an American, koala bears are the most harmless, bloody useless. I've seen thing. like three in my life. They make little chocolate treats. So these images with this fake teeth. It's, it's all. Fake. It's, a, it's an Australian joke. Target tourist. It's an Australian oh. joke. But obviously. Like this girl yesterday was like... Um, no, they're terrified. They're, they're like, you know, what about those drop bears? I'm like, are you serious? Tell that bitch to go online. You find out in two seconds. The first, <laughs> the first thing when you Google drop bears is museum of hoaxes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, all we got to worry about are f- pigs with short legs and... Um, and pretty much um, pigs and uh, kangaroos. Yeah, brown snakes. And they're not... Do you guys eat kangaroo here? Um, I'm, you can get it. Yeah, I mean, you can get it. You can get it. Like, there's exotic meat places where they'll it's sell. Pretty common in Australia. There's a place that serves. You can buy lion meat. That you can buy lion. Like it's not going to be fresh. Yeah, it's all going to be frozen. All of it's going to be frozen. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, there's exotic meat companies. Like, people are into like trying weird shit, like zebra and stuff like that. Yeah, well, well, I tried. I tried that. Pretty what is zebra like? I had. Um, I had. A, I had a lot of the the. Um, we eat something called uh, dry vos, which is like dried sausage and biltong. It's like your jerky. But no made out of zebra. Ah, um, they've got everything there. They do wow. like everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's some really good stuff. Well, I know that there's these different places um, that you can go in uh, Africa where you can, you know, shoot like whatever you a, want, anything you want. And uh, Louis Theroux 
Yeah, yeah. I had a whole special about it. It's really quite yeah, fascinating. It. Did you watch we that? Watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, when you had that podcast, I was <laughs> geeking out because I, I, when I hear that guy talk, I just want to hug him. He's just like such a charming fellow. He's very cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's very interesting too. I yeah, really, really enjoy talking yeah. to my him. My mum loves him. If you listen to this, Louis, my mum, Mrs. Apter loves you. I love you. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting ha- having him on because somewhere along the line, I realized that he was sizing me up to figure out whether or not he could do a story on me. Like Louis he, would. Yeah, there was. Well, I think he thinks that I'm starting a cult or something like that, or he heard, he heard it because he's like, I've met all these people that tell me I have to go on the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm. And he's like, they have this thing in their eye, they look a little crazy. And he's like, are you starting a cult? Like, he had a, like, this conversation with me and I'm like, no, man, no, it's <laughs> man. not, if, if it's happening, it's not, I'm not, it's not me. We had a bunch of guys sign up to our academy. They're not there anymore, but they signed up and How they said, they said, um, yeah, we listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, he says we need to do jiu-jitsu, lift kettlebells, and smoke weed. So these guys would – they bought kettlebells. These are IT nerds, like the dorkiest dudes you've ever seen, right? right? They bought the kettlebells. I'm pretty sure they didn't take them out of the box. And after training every day, they'd go smoke weed in their car. And, like, it was just absolutely what you prescribed <laughs> in your cult. <laughs> uh, I'm not prescribing shit. I'm not running a cult. I just like to state that for the record, there is no cult. Stop looking for a sign-up sheet on my website. It doesn't exist. But the thing I was going to say about, which is interesting about the internet, we were talking about this on the way here, is like in my gym, each person or has their own kind of little... Um, okay, so for example, like most guys listen to your show, right? That do martial arts. But they each t- tend to diversify. Like one guy goes, yeah, no, I'm not into Joe Rogan anymore. I'm into uh, uh, Duncan Trussell. He's more kind of like, you know, my kind of like a uh, tempo or vibe. You know, like in, all the kids have now like chosen their their path. Their path. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's cool a, though. It's, it's a cool. cool time to like for, for content because everything's free too. All right. You know, it used to be that if you wanted different stuff online, you, well, first of all, it was, podcasts didn't exist just 10 years ago. Right. You, you couldn't find them. And then second of all, like, to have different radio shows that you listen to where it's very difficult to get a hold of cop like I have a bunch of yeah. Terrence McKenna recordings and mm-hmm. Alan Watts and a few, you know, different interesting people, like a few Timothy Leary things and that I've downloaded here and there from various websites. But you had to search for them. It was really hard. <laughs> we now used to have a little C D of you, like and I remember I was saying the first time we heard your stuff was my friends in high school and this is like this is thirty three. This is 15 years ago or something smoking cigarettes and listening to this crazy dude on a on a CD talking about little athletes going to China and stuff that was probably like your older stuff right little athletes going <laughs> a to little, China you know like the, the school teacher comes up to him and says oh you know, no 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 that was uh, about the Olympics yeah, yeah, yeah it was a whole old, bit about uh, about little it wasn't about Chinese it was about Sorry, I messed it up that's why you're the comedian <laughs> <laughs> it was about someone going to the Olympics and then having to go to high school after they win the gold medal in the Olympics that's and right. take like math seriously the, the teacher starts <laughs> giving them shit about not doing their homework yeah, but the thing is that your your stand up and probably back in the day like Bill Hicks and stuff was kind of a dirty little secret that made me sound smarter at parties, you know. And <laughs> nowadays everybody listens to podcasts. It's like it's it's um it's great, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying as an um, there's no dirty little secret anymore. Right. You know? Well, that's the thing that people love. They love knowing things before it's cool. Yeah. You know, like and then oh, I knew it before it was mainstream. It's all bullshit now. I don't even listen to Rogan anymore. <laughs> He's all bullshit. That's for fucking people that are just now getting into podcasts. I am all about Duncan Trussell now. <laughs> that's, what, that's what his sidekick Ben does. 
psychic bands like oh I can't say Ben's name. Well, you know what? People will do that. They'll do that, and then they'll abandon. Yeah, he likes you, he They'll abandon yeah, Duncan after a while, and then they'll go to another guy, and then you. Well, but it's fine. You know, I, look, I do that too. I get in these streaks where I I'll get in a certain podcast and I'll listen to only hardcore history for like six months, and then I'll go with Radio Lab. I'll listen to only Radio Lab for three months. It's like. You get annoyed at people too if you listen to them too much. Like I've heard people like complain about me. Yo, your podcast changed. I used to love it. Now it changed. No, it's actually hasn't changed. It's exactly the same. It just you listen to someone after a while, they become fucking annoying. That's why marriages (laughs) break up. That's why you don't hang out with the same fucking guy every day, all day. You get bored with people. Fucking people get annoying, man. Everything gets annoying. If you have, I love cheeseburgers, but if I had a fucking cheeseburger every day, I'd want to shoot myself. (laughs) Every after a while, you'd be like, "Jesus Christ! Enough with the cheeseburgers!" And the quality of the de- the guest has been slowly sinking. I see as well because you guys are here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had Eliza Schlesinger on before you, and she won last comic standing. Really? And she's hilarious. Oh. So how dare you? <laughs> well, you know, I think the one of the keys to the podcast is that I put people on that I would like to talk to. Genuine interest is the most important thing to me. And people say, "Oh, you need to have this kind of person or that, or more science people, or more." Whatever. I don't, I'm not interested. I'm, what I'm interested in is what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in diversifying for anybody else's ideas. That way, the, 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 the thing that I talk about is always something that I'm genuinely fascinated with. And that's all I'm concerned with. And you, you've been promoting a lot of people doing podcasts, as in like telling them to do their own podcast. Sure. Right? Yeah. I did that with Eliza earlier. I, yeah. think she, I, I think there's plenty of room. First of all, there's seven fucking billion people on the planet, 300 million people in this country. And the idea that you should only want people to listen to your podcast is foolish. And for what I stated before, you're going to get bored of me. You know, it's like there should be a lot of other shit you tune into. There's plenty of room for everybody. And podcasts also, I think the better you get at something, the more you do it. And when I say the podcast is the same as it's always been, I don't necessarily know because I think I've probably changed as a human being. I'm evolving. At least I try to constantly working on myself. So I would hope that the podcast gets better. But uh, along the way, you kind of realize that there's, there's plenty for everybody. But I'm like that with everything, man. I'm like, I promote all my friends when it comes to stand-up comedy, when it comes to everything. I think that the idea of only promoting yourself or only pushing yourself, that's a famine mentality. And I think that mentality is a very dangerous mentality. It's foolhardy. It's, 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 it's stupid. And it, and it promotes this sort of desperate sort of thinking, which I think goes against the very nature of, of progress itself. I think it's all about helping people out. It's all about promoting ideas that you find beneficial, promoting people that you enjoy their work or their their ideas. And I think that the more you do that, the better it is for you and the better it is for everybody. Can I ask you with regard to um, – like he's, he's and my friend are starting a podcast, right? What advice – well, he, he, he was writing a book originally. That was the original thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but writing's not really his thing right. or, or mine really. Um, do you think a podcast is a good place to start? Fuck yeah. Stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Just do it. It's not hard. I mean, you don't need a setup like this where it's all so complicated with cameras and all that shit. All you need <laughs> is an MP. Yeah, you don't need a Predator or a lava <laughs> lamp or a salt rock. All, all you need is uh, an MP3 recorder and microphones. It's super easy to do for a couple hundred bucks. You, you set it up. You put it on a, a table. You sit around with some chairs and you talk. 
and you get better. You do it at first, and you know you listen to them, and you listen to uh, input online. That's a big one. Listen to what people say. Oh, you talk over people too much, or you interrupt too much. And sometimes people do things along those lines; they don't even realize they're doing it, and you have to tell them. Or some people, they just they're they're not listening; they're just waiting for their turn to talk. There's a lot of that going on too. It's funny when you're saying that. I'm conscious of myself doing that. In terms of, I'm like, okay, hold on. You know, like, do you yeah, get like yeah, that? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm yeah. Like, okay, just hold back. Well, there's an art to conversation and that's one of the things you find out about doing podcasts you find out about the art of conversation you find out about the art of when to talk when not to talk listening actually interacting with people instead of just trying to say your things like there's some people that are frustrating to do podcasts with because all they're trying to do is impress upon you how much they know Mm -hmm. and spout out facts and quote people and you're like Jesus fucking Christ did you even listen to what I said you just (laughs) waited until I was done and then you spit out a bunch of quotes and shit that are not even related Mm. you know they're just they have this idea that they want to get out and a lot of it is like trying to sound cool it's a lot of ego it's a lot there's a lot involved that you you find these parallels in just a normal conversation I'm shocked sometimes when I talk to people about at how bad people are at not inter- uh, at interrupting people, not listening to people when they're talking. So podcasting just makes you better at the art of conversation and the better you get at it, the the less awkward a podcast is to listen to. You know, so you just do it, man. Just do it. Start it. You'll get good at it. So that's the plan. <laughs> and then hard, man. You guys could do it. You're hanging here easy. It's it's easy. You guys are, you know, you're smart. You're articulate. You're easy to talk to. You're down to earth. It's perfect for a podcast. Set it up. So we're doing. <laughs> Put a fucking MP3 recorder, a couple of microphones. Bam! Man, and you're off to the races. We did one. We did one on the on our the growing down site, and we recorded it 20 times before we released it. Why? <laughs> because look, we we're sitting there with my with my friend who's a psychologist, and, and Dylan and I were there, and um, <coughs> we recorded about 20 before that, and it was just like, man, it just. Listen to yourself, and also on top of that, like he was, he was very concerned how people would see him as as a professional because he's being open and speaking his mind. He's a really funny guy, um, Jonathan, the guy Jonathan Back. He's a really funny guy, but he was a bit concerned. It took us about twenty times for him to stop playing a character, you know, like Doctor huh. Cat slash Hannibal Lecter. So you know, like somewhere <laughs> between the two, and he looks like Vince Vaughn. So he's having a hard time relaxing and being himself. Yeah. 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 Well, that happens. That happens, and that'll uh, that'll be taken care of in time. You just got to do it. Just do it. After a while, you get used to. It. I mean, I have friends that sucked at podcasting in the beginning, and now they're awesome at it. They just it just takes time. You figure out how to do it right. You figure. Some people, by the way, they fucking never get better. They they'll podcast for hundreds of episodes, and they still say stupid shit and jump in the wrong time and fuck up the flow of the conversation and make it all about them. <laughs> it's it's you're gonna have that too. You're gonna have guests on that are disasters that you're never gonna have on again, and you you <laughs> you re- recognize that like while you're talking to them, like oh fuck, I can never have this guy on again. Some people just not design. Some people are just not fucking interesting. Yeah, you don't even know why. Like, what what is it about one person's personality that makes them fascinating? I don't know. Is it honesty? Is it their their curiosity? Is it what is it? You know, I don't know. Everybody's yeah. got a different thing. Sometimes I, I we were talking before about like some people we're talking about what and meanwhile I've just talked over him for the whole podcast support him here. I want to hear no that no story. you didn't that's no cool. that's cool but, no um, you guys are all interacting it's no it's, it's cool but the thing was like sometimes it kind of feels like people aren't ready to hear some stuff you know like in terms of um, holding back you know and I wonder if that comes across as boring when you're trying to you know what I mean like. Mm-hmm. 
we're talking about some of the stuff, some of your stories is like, maybe not for, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, it might come across as not being willing to share, you know what I mean? Oh, I don't think so. You can't overthink things either. You got to just put it out and then listen to the feedback. Listen to it yourself, but sometimes it's hard to see yourself the way other people see you. You know, mm. you you have to, I and mean, then it's also you're gonna. It's gonna be hard listening to the feedback because a bunch of people are gonna write z z z z z fucking boring. <laughs> kill yourself. I mean, it's gonna be a lot of that. It's gonna you're gonna be, have to deal with that. Be our parents, your own parents. No, <laughs> you're gonna have to deal with that. But listen, I would think that just your stories about Thailand. I mean, just the story that you were telling me about those dealing with those bodies. Just that alone, like holy shit. <laughs> what were you telling me? You were telling me today something about the eating. Remember you we talking about? I, I haven't uh, heard any of this stuff. Yeah, I mean the stories. A lot of them are, you know, I think funny to me. Like being um, of a Jewish background, for example, I never ate pork. It was just what we didn't. I don't know it's a part of my religion, but like now I can't stop you. I fucking love pork. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, we we're transporting bodies off um, on one boat, and we'd sit in the middle, making sure no bodies jumped off the side or fell off the side, and then we'd transport food back onto the island without cleaning anything. Oh and then they would prepare food there. There'd be flies and it was pretty bad. Holy and then shit. I was starving. I was like, man, we're going to eat. And we were vomiting a lot just from the smells and stuff. I was like, you know, let's, um, you know, I need, to, I need some food, man. I've got to eat now. So I went over there. I'm like, what is this pack? And I'm, there's just like flies everywhere. I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm not, not eating that. And then I said, no, I've got to eat something. So I had it was just a little packet and I ate it. And I was like, this stuff is freaking awesome. So I said to the Thai person, I'm like, like, near I, like, what is this? And like, uh, ni, ni mu. So I'm thinking, mu, oh, like, it must be a cow. Right. So I'm eating this stuff, and I got so addicted to it that I got them to write it down in English and Thai for me. And then when I went to back to the mainland, and for many, many trips after, I kept ordering the same dish. I loved it. And my friend turns around to me and goes, dude, since when do you eat pork? I'm like, it's not pork. It's mu. It's cow. Like, mu. Like, cow. <laughs> I think these Thais probably looked at me like, oh, this white guy. And I was like, oh, you know, they're just making the sound of the animal. Moo actually translates to pork. So I've been eating pork for like 10 years. I didn't even know it was pork. And it was just so much miscommunication and translation problems. And there's lots of little so things. So you still it. thought that you were adhering to your religious principles? Um, <laughs> look, I probably would have eaten it anyway. Like, you know, we eat prawns and stuff. But um, it was so good, man. I've never given it up. I love pork. Yeah, prawns are against the religion Absolutely. as well. A lot of people don't know. Yeah. Shellfish, right? You're not supposed to eat shellfish. The Jews love the unlimited shrimp uh, buffet, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It's true. That's hilarious that shrimp gets a pass, but but pork. <coughs> it's just as Cloven bad. hoof. Yeah. Have you ever had wild pork? We we hunted it but never eaten it. You can't eat it in Australia. Yeah. Why not? It's the worms. A lot of worms, and they're pretty gross. So they worms, take the babies, huh? they capture the babies, and they deworm them and send them to Germany. Yeah, because they love the boars. You know, I didn't know boars were pigs for the first. When I watched Abelix, uh, 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 Asterix and Obelix, I was like, boars. I didn't know boars were pigs. They, they were like this mythical creature. Well, it's apparently it's all the same species. Um, I, I had a guy. Uh, there's a guy that I hunt with that's been on the podcast. His name's Steve Rinella. Uh, you ever listen to him? Book. Yeah, yeah, great book. Hmm. But he he said it's all. They're all from the the genus Suscrafa. They're all the same thing. Is that a wild pig can breed with a, a domestic pig? It's, or they're all pigs. There's a thing about pigs that happens too. When you take a domestic pig and they get loose in the wild, within three weeks, 
their body starts to change. Mm. They metamorphosize. Their, yeah. their, their hair gets longer and thicker and bushier. Their tusks grow. Their, their nose grows. Really fascinating Did you get that stuff. fact from him? You've been telling me I've that been for like told, a year. I mean, that's what I he said. He used to I'm make like, me sound smarter at parties. Now everyone listens <laughs> yeah, to your now show. Now I know where you're really you're getting from. Said huh? that. I'm like, fuck, man. You told me that like a couple weeks away with anything anymore. Hunting. They morph. It's really fascinating. They look physically different than the pigs that you have like in domestic stables. They, they mm-hmm. change their appearance. Their nose grows longer. It's really weird. They get tusks and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that's a domestic pig. They start to you look like You guys have boars. a problem with it here as well. Ooh, huh? Huge, huge yeah. problem. Huge problem. American hoggers. Yeah, there's no tag limits on them in California. Yeah. You could shoot as many as you want, man. You could go shoot pigs all day. See, he, I, I can't do it, man, but he, he likes You can't shoot pigs? No, I just in In Australia, you don't shoot pigs. You dog... Um, hunt oh, and then you stab them. Yeah, I, I, I can't do that. Man. Well, but but he, um, we've got. Depends where you are in, in New South Wales, but you can kill pigs and kangaroos if they're destroying the land. Mm-hmm. But you got to understand, like Skippy. Did you ever watch Skippy back in the day? The bush kangaroo. Skippy the bush kangaroo. He's like he's Skippy. he was kind of like Mr. Ed. Skippy. He was right. like he's like he the talked. Australian Mr. Ed. He didn't talk. But he was kind of that character, like, you know, he's a good guy, rescued. He was pretty much like Captain America, about as interesting. Like, he's the, like, he was basically like a hero that didn't really do anything, say anything too <laughs> interesting. Or, you like Captain America, don't you? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. I find him dull, but anyway. Anyway, so skip, anyway, Is sorry. this Skippy? So Skippy. That's Skippy. And so it's like dull. Lassie. It'd be d- oh yeah, man. Yeah, but Skippy would come along. Oh, Skippy. Can I, tell you, can I tell you something you haven't seen? Something very Australian. So when we go hunting and the farmers want to kill the kangaroos, it's really hard for us because it's like because it's Skippy. It's Skippy. We grew up with Skippy. We grew up with Skippy. And but there's some kangaroos that are bigger, right? Is the red ones or the gray ones? Red ones are bigger. The red ones are scary. Yeah. How big do they get? Well, I saw one at the person. zoo, Taronga Zoo in Sydney. Which, by the way, if you ever go, did you go to Taronga yeah. Zoo? Yeah, that place is wicked. These kangaroos. I haven't seen kangaroos in the wild this big. They were massive. Yeah, the ones we see are small ones. Like, and... If you hit one, like a kangaroo, people, oh, Jesus, you know, yeah. people when talk about kangaroos, like, oh, they're so cute and this and that. And they are cute. They taste really good as well. But, you know, like they, they're on the <laughs> roads everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, one, yeah, it wasn't even longer. It was like two, three months ago. You read in the newspaper, um, a kangaroo went, because they jump in front of you like deer. Right. Don't, not as you know, they jump a lot higher, but and they look at the headlights like, oh, what's this? And then boom, you hit them. But what happens is, um, they it went through because the way they're built, like you know, did like it hits, it rolls over the car. Whereas this kangaroo went through mm. the windshield, front, the very bottom, yeah, front heavy. to back, and killed the kid in the back. Oh god! So like you know, we we you see them everywhere on the road, wombats and, and kangaroos. When we were out about a year ago. One tried to jump through the window while we were driving. We we don't personally hunt kangaroos, but it's you can do it in a certain area. There's just too many of them. It gets boring. But the one thing well. I was going to say, I don't know. Americans probably haven't seen this, and it's it, there's a, there was a bit of a legal thing going on in <coughs> Australia. But it just reminded me of Skippy. There's a show um, called Home and Away. You've seen Home and Away? Mm-hmm. It's very popular in England. I've it's heard a, of it. I've never uh, seen it's it. It's like I've a nine or two and oh-ish thing. Anyway, right. there's this very wholesome character called Alf. Oh, Have you great. seen this? You can you can swear on your podcast. And yeah. Stuff, right? Okay. Are you so serious? Load up. Swearing all fucking. Day? Yeah, it's true, but I, it's it's <laughs> just forgot. second nature. But if you can get um Jamie to load up, Alf 
Um, Mr. Not Alf like the alien. No, that's no, no. American that guy was creepy. Though. Yeah, no. This yeah. Is, this is Alf is like a uh, like a wholesome sort of um, fatherly character on a small town show that everyone likes, right? And, and what kind of animal is he? He's not an animal, but he is in this. <laughs> what we're going to show you. So there was this whole thing in Australia. What happened was he um, give Jamie the it. name of it so he can go. Okay, find look it. up Alf, uh, Mister Doodleburger. So basically, what happened was a guy <laughs> a guy took all existing home and away stuff and he dubbed over it and made Alf into this character who's basically like um, a serial killer slash murder rapist that loves like Colombian like little Colombian boys and now it's been quoted all over but it ended up on the news because they try to sue the guy <coughs> yeah that's that's kind of a douchey thing to do it is poor Alf but it is hilarious and we have to show you because no, Americans we, we, don't know what we're talking about we don't have Hollywood you know we don't have Hollywood Oh, okay, this is one of them. That's Alf. What's the music? Oh, where's the sound? Oh. So they try to Are you playing music down. for something else? No, that's it. It's just not, no okay, just a video. Well, uh, America's we don't we don't really have too many of those videos available. Probably try try um look up Alf. Is this um, really important? Awards. It's you have to see it because it's a, a very Australian thing. Alf Awards award um ceremony. And um, it caused a lot of problems in Australia, a lot of controversy. And basically, your average Australian quotes it all the time. But this, Americans have no idea. And, they and quote this video? This video. Because it's so it's, ridiculous? It's so ridiculous. Wow. I, I'm, I'm trying to judge whether you've got the patience for it right now. I'm not sure. But you do have to see it. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, look up look up. Alf. So you could never kill a kangaroo. Basically, you never I kill a kangaroo no, because it's No, skippy. but the guys we go with do and they eat it and stuff like is that. Is this it? This is it. Can we put the volume? Oh, uh, wait. Is this it? I'll tell you now. This might be the real thing. It might be the real thing, which Thank instead you. of the fake thing. I've had the opportunity over many years to present many gold logos. No, I don't think this is it. Okay, it's that's called, we, forget, forget it. Forget it. it. Forget I'll, I'll Twitter it to you guys and okay. you can check it out because it's outrageous. So um, you, you couldn't shoot you couldn't do the pig hunting thing because of the way they do it where they sick dogs on them and then Look, stab they it. Sick dogs and they stab it. You know, like the, that's the a real common boys. way to do it. The country yeah. boys are a bit desensitized to it, and they're real nice dudes, you know, as well. They're nice guys, but um, I don't yeah. feel like that's hunting. I yeah, you know, that's a weird me. way to do it. Uh, holding it down with a dog and then stabbing it in the neck, you know, you can it's shoot. Still dangerous. Though. I, I why don't agree, they? Sure is, but why don't they shoot them? Um, you can't. So like with the the terrain, it's quite it's quite hard well, to you find kill the them. Dogs. <laughs> so a lot of the dogs. There's different types. But why of are they dog using hunting. dogs? So they normally sniff them out and get them running. Uh-huh. But with the dog, you don't want to use the gun in case you shoot the dog. So as is well. it just such a dense terrain that you can't find them any Sometimes. other way? It's, Sometimes, yeah, generally. I mean, look, it's it's. I I was against it, and then I I went to the farms and I was hanging out with the guys, and they, you know, like anything, they've got their own logic, you mm-hmm. know, and 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 it makes sense. Their own rationale, and the, the rationale is: look, it cost us a hundred grand last year, and you know, it's basically like, look, we're growing food for people, and they're destroying it. Yeah. So therefore, we kill them. Well, they're very different than any other animal, and they're also very smart, and they breed all year yeah. round. They have yeah. many litters of many pigs all year round. It's just uh, they they have a huge problem with it in America, especially in Texas. Texas is so bad that they've allowed them to start shooting them out of helicopters with machine yeah. guns. <laughs> have you seen <laughs> that? I yeah. haven't. Want to yeah. see something fucked up? Yeah, Pull up uh, Pigman and Ted Nugent. <laughs> uh, <coughs> It's uh, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. Yeah. They they get on a fucking helicopter and they fly over these. Well, these places are literally infested with pigs. They, they, They have so many pigs in these farms and they destroy millions of dollars worth of crops every year. Yeah. There's... 
At least five million pigs in Texas. You've also got that um, show with those hot chicks and the fake boobs running around catching pigs. $1.5 billion in damage per year. $1.5 billion. Yeah, $1.5 I mean, th- this, that's incredible. See, that's the thing. Americans get these machine guns. We've got bolt actions. That- mm-hmm. See that guy? That's Pigman. Pigman has a show where he just shoots pigs. All year round. That's Ted Nugent. He's an American patriot. Yeah, I've allegedly. been hearing you talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> can I ask you, do you think someone can do this and be well balanced? Like as a person? Mentally, do, what? No, I'm not talking about like just hunting. I mean, as in like hardcore animal slaughter. Um, well, you know, it depends on what you're doing it for. I mean, what these people are doing with this uh, Apocalypse Now video where they're shooting them out of helicopters, they actually have to eradicate these pigs from these farms. They, they are growing in population at a staggering rate, and they can't control them. They, they have no other options other than hiring hunters. So they have companies that they hire to have people come in and, uh, and shoot these pigs. They bring people on, and they give the meat to uh, families. Oh, and, so it's not know, just throwing in the... Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, the hunters right, for the hungry. Right. Look, they're just delicious. The meat is fantastic. I shot a wild pig a few months back, and I, I made a, a ham recently. I, I, I brined this ham for six days and then smoked it for a day. It's delicious. I mean, it was so good. I'm gonna do it again in a couple of weeks. I have another ham and a couple of shoulders. You guys do it's meat delicious. much better than us. We we we, we do so good. we do barbecue well, but we you guys are. I went to Kansas and oh, Kansas oh barbecue is legit. Arthur, Kansas um, City, yeah. Woo, Arthur. What's the one? That, they got that popular like. Um, I don't know the franchise. name of it. There's a bunch of really good we, we Kansas do, City barbecue spots. I've never heard of Burnt oh, Ends yeah, before. Oh yeah, man. You guys have got a deep culture of food here. Mm-hmm. It's it's. Uh, we just Aussies are a bit simple like that steak on the barbie. Texas is no joke too. You want to get some barbecued uh, pig in Texas. This pork man, this pig man guy, pork man. Pig man has a show <laughs> now called Boss Hog. He just likes and it's all about his. Uh, he has a barbecue place Jeez. and he he shoots the pigs, and then brings them to the barbecue place, and they serve these wild pigs that they barbecue. Sounds awesome. It's Sounds so good. It's so healthy for you too. Really? Yeah, it's they're much healthier animals. Well, pork is. They're the these wild pigs, wild pigs wild, because it's a yeah. dark meat. Like right. They had this campaign in America called Pork, the Other White Meat, and they would show like pork as white meat. That's unhealthy pork. Like right. if, if the pork right. is white, it's like anemic. It's like veal. You know, mm. Pork, like wild pork, is dark. It's like a, a, a deeper, redder color. Have you had it? I haven't had it. It's really good. You haven't had it. Mm. You I have to make sure it. you cook it all the way through because of trichinosis. Ah, right, because right. Um, trichinosis comes from animals eating other animals that have trichinosis. So these right. animals could possibly get it from like a yeah, right. rats or right. rabbits or you know anything else that they eat. They eat um, a lot of uh, ba- deer babies. They eat ground uh, eggs, like ground laying uh, birds. They eat, right. eat, we've caught one anything. eating each other. Oh yeah, they'll eat anything. Gross, eh? They're animals. Mm. Pigs are they're smart as shit too. They see you coming. They they see you, they hear you, they smell you, they fucking bolt. Well, we saw we saw um, one of the farmers. There was a whole family, and he went to shoot at them. And the two adult pigs ran one direction, and the kids ran the line up and escaped. And obviously, they don't talk to each other and plan it. Mm-hmm. But it was brilliant. That's funny. Yeah, it, it looked. I mean, it looked almost planned. Well, yeah. they are. They're smart as dogs. They're smart. You know, they're trick tricky animals. And delicious. And delicious. See, we're smart Australians. We we kill them and then we ship them off to Germany. Yeah. 
The only people smart enough to eat them. Do tigers eat pork much? I don't even know. I didn't know about the worm thing that you guys yeah, have. Yeah, there's a lot of worms in the kangaroos as well. Really? And ticks as yeah. well. The kangaroos cheap meat for us, you know. Like, what does it taste like? Uh, it's very gamey. You've got to know how to cook it properly. Yeah. What's it like? But it's, um, it's not the nicest meat, but it's, it's 99% um, fat-free, apparently. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Probably yeah. very lean. All the strong. All the lifters. It's it's promoted to I them. Mean, as really, like, kangaroo meat. Yeah, it's low yeah. fat. I worry because they, they they basically they kill it and then refrigerate it. They they it's not um, fresh. It's well they kill it and then put it in the thing. But I it's not like bread. You know what I mean? It's it's like you know it's some farm. It's some hunter on a farm. Killing it, chucking in. I don't really know what the process is. Of it's not bread. What do you mean? It's not no, bread? I mean like as in there's no farms with kangaroos where they kill, you know, give it health checks and then kill it and then produce it. I'm not saying that's better or worse. I just uh-huh. mean as in, you know, it shows up in your Woolworths. What do you guys have? Um, not Walmart. You guys have like Metro or uh, it's like our local supermarket. Local supermarket. supermarket. We got Woolworths. I don't know mm-hmm. what you guys have, but um, I kind of think like you know where how well is this. Do they have a Department of Agriculture or anything like I'm that? I'm sure they do, yeah. And they, they check them, inspect them? Yeah, I'm sure Look, they do. You my, couldn't sell it. Yeah, my friend's right? a professional, Terry, um, who we go to the farm slot. He's got a little tie boxing gym out there. And we go been going there for a couple of years. And he was a professional hunter for a long time. And he's and like- And bull rider. Yeah, and bull rider. That's who got me into it. And he turned around and was like, man, I've never eaten kangaroo. Like, I've been shooting these things since I was a kid. And he said, man, if you saw what was in them, like, and how we did it, you probably wouldn't eat it. Now, that's only one person. What was pers- in them? In what way? A lot of them had worms, but it might just be they that. checked the... Yeah. You know, might just be that area. I don't know how we got on this topic so much, but it's a good topic. <laughs> Pigs? Worms? I don't know where well, we started. Kangaroos. The thing is, funny enough, I was saying to Dylan, when we went out to the farm, you know, I'm very conscious <laughs> of my diet. I'm sure you guys are too, you know. Um, we went out to the farm. The farm boys, they, they tend to not really think about diet. So they'll eat red meat sometimes and a Red Bull, and that's all they'll eat for three days. They don't eat vegetables. I mean, they do obviously sit down and have a meal here and there, you know. But we went out there, and Dylan and I were sitting there, and we brought our supplies in our little bag, and, you know, we had our snacks and all this and that. And we were eating all the time, eating all the time, right? And the boys didn't really eat much. And after a while, we realized we were eating because we're anxious. We're not used to having nothing to do. And we'd just automatically pull out a bar and just start eating it, you know? Uh-huh. And um, after a while, we just started doing what the boys did. And I, I started thinking, man, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to feel gross. I'm going to feel unhealthy. But after a couple of days, I started to realize, like, I think we put a bit too much emphasis on um, what we eat because we ate red meat straight for four days almost. And yeah. we had a little bit of this and that. And because we weren't eating a lot of it, we actually felt quite healthy. Like, as in our body adapted to kind of just doing what we were doing. Hmm. I, I was really concerned. I was like, man, I'm going to feel queasy. I'm going to get constant, you know, like all that sort of stuff. But when you're out there and you're doing and you're just eating it, it seems like maybe we overemphasize veggies. Well, certainly. No, I don't think so. It's uh, certainly not a balanced diet. I mean, you could get away with it for a few days. But yeah. if you took that on for several months, you'd probably no, see I, some yeah. nutritional deficiencies. I think yeah. the funniest thing was like, the first time I brought my brother up there and I've got like, you know, my jacket on. I've got like ammunition. I've got my nice survival kit bandages for snakes. And I'm like pulling it out, just checking. I've got everything, my torches. Leah pulls out a 
He pulls out a sandwich bag with salad and he's sitting there snacking because, man, on salad. I, I can't eat without salad. We're, we're trying to impress the farm you know, boys, like, man. You bring out a salad. I bought my own vegetables because I was like, I can't eat meat without vegetables. Like, you know, crocodile. You know, I had my little bag of salad and my cucumber. And my That's hilarious. How long does that stuff stay good for? Oh, you know. oh, we had a cooler for like three days or something, you know? Oh, okay. But anyway, it was so, just one of those things where their diet, you, my body just adapted to whatever it had to do, you know? That's and, interesting, man. I, I would know. think that after a while, your body would go, dickhead, you need a fucking salad or two. Yeah. You well, I'm only talking three steak. days, you know? Yeah. I'm talking about three days, four days. Yeah, you'd be fine. Three or four days, you'd be fine. I felt know? good, actually, weirdly. Really? Yeah. I don't know. It was just, But I was eating a lot less than I normally would in the city. Like, I'd eat little yeah. pieces of meat. We, they'd kill and barbecue and eat it. What kind of meat was it again? It was... Rabbit, was it? deer. It was rabbit, deer. So you're just getting really healthy, <coughs> wild game. Oh, man, rabbit yeah. is out of control. Rabbit's There's beautiful. so much oh. vitamins and so much nutrition in, in wild game, too, because they're eating wild grasses and wild mm. yeah. plants that are... Just filled with natural nutrients. This ra- rabbit's actually one of the best things I've ever eaten. I was a bit disappointed by deer, but deer heart really? was good, man. Deer heart was Put good, a bit yeah. of butter. Well, how are you disappointed with deer? It was look, we didn't you understand, like we didn't hang it properly and all that sort of oh, thing. But, but yeah. our deers aren't like your guys' deers. Our deers are weak ass deers, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Australia's animals are a little bit weak, I think. Yeah, they're not really way. meaty. They're not really not meaty medium? sort of animals. Hmm. Yeah, anyway. That's just my opinion. That's interesting. Some farmer's going to punch me in. Yeah, you don't know that, shit but. about deer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's not common to get deer, man. We were in Canada and there was deer on the side of the road. We Dead? Like, or no, walking. For sale. No, oh, there walking. Was, there was deer on the, Oh, yeah. You can get that Montreal. all over the place. Well, certain places like in Pennsylvania, there's certain parts of Pennsylvania where they, they change their deer hunting season to all year round. Really? They just yeah, let people right. shoot them because they're fucking everywhere. And they, use, uh, they have a bow season like all year round and they do it in these areas that are like suburban areas. There was a show on it, they, they on one of these hunting shows. Areas. Yep. <laughs> these guys set up uh, on, I mean, there's like these estates, these beautiful homes that uh, have these giant pieces of property, like 20, 30 acres, mm. and they had fucking so many deer hitting cars, or cars hitting deer, rather, deers <laughs> eating people's lawns and all kinds of shit, de- eating their uh, gardens, rather, eating their roses, mm. that they, they brought in these uh, hunters to set up tree stands in well, these like suburban neighborhoods. That's crazy. They're, they're our equivalent as a crazy. Awesome for us because yeah. we, we love to find deer and shit. We, we never find deer, so. It's pretty hard to find. Yeah. People think we're nuts. That's a funny thing. He's the biggest animal lover you've ever met. Yeah. He's got this big dog, Ralphie. He loves dogs, works for like dog charities and animal charities, and then he goes hunting. Yeah, well, people have a hard time with the idea of cruelty, and, and rightfully so. I mean, I think people are scared that people or hunters are evil people that want to kill animals. Absolutely. But the reality is, if you're wearing leather, you're killing animals. You, you might not do exactly. it with your own hand, but you're doing it. You're sitting in a, a chair right now that's covered in murdered animal skins. Yeah. I've had vegans sit in those very chairs that you're sitting <laughs> in. Rest their butt on, on murdered cows. You, you know, the shoes you wear, the belt you wear. And then on top of that, if you buy organic vegetables and you think you're, you're away from killing, they fucking run machines over those vegetables to collect them and they're chopping up a lot of rabbits a lot of mice the more animals yeah. are killed more animals are killed per pound of vegetables that are killed per pound of meat i heard what what is it about True. vegans that we just love p- pissing off a teasing man there's something <laughs> about them well they're self-righteous and there's also this this moral high ground that they like to take. Not mm. all of them. Some of them are super cool. I've met a lot of really cool vegans, but some of them are really fucking annoying. And they want to tell you that they're better than you because they're vegan. Mm. And they want to. They're they're proselytizing too. They're always trying to get other people to be vegan. And this just by the way, the straight vegan diet not that healthy. Yeah, omnivore's yeah, diet is a better diet. 
you know, and omnivores also, you can eat shit like eggs that have no animal cruelty attached to them whatsoever. Mm. I have organic eggs because I have uh, chickens that are pets. I pick my chickens you up. You your own ones. Yeah, I have 14 chickens. I can pick them up and hold them. <laughs> And they give me eggs every day. That's my wife's dream. That's what he wants to do. That's my wife's dream. Great. Yeah. And there's no cruelty involved at all. I mean, they lay eggs every day. Yeah. It's, it's, they don't have, I mean, there's no potential whatsoever that egg ever becoming a chicken. The only way that egg can become a chicken is if you have a rooster. <laughs> so we only have hens. So the hens hang out. They have a good time. They have a big yard to run around on, and they, they eat bugs and worms and everything they find. And, and, and grass as well. And then also we give them chicken food that's uh, you do you, know, healthy Do you eat chicken the actual food. chickens ever? No. You wouldn't kill one of them? I would. Yeah, I almost killed one of them. One of them pecked my daughter in the face and I, I came real close. My wife was like, that little bitch, she did it again. And I was like, all right, let's do it. I was ready. I was just trying to figure out how to do it. I, had, I was going online and, and it, it was almost Swing like it. the chicken figured out that we were going to fuck it up and it completely backed off of all of its aggressive behavior. It's like it totally felt the vibe. It was really weird, man. It's like I was seconds away. I bought an axe. I was ready to rock and roll. I was completely ready to uh, to cook this chicken up. I'd love. I've never eaten a fresh chicken like that. I, I, I. Well, I was assumed that it's a lot like other things that you are organic and fresh. They just taste better. The eggs taste way better when you mm. eat organic fresh eggs. They just they're first of all the yolk is very dark. It's a dark yeah. orange. It's, it's just healthier. Well. It's very healthy. Yeah. I ate seven of them this morning. You ate seven eggs? Yeah, I eat them all. I, I eat six, seven eggs a day. Jeez, yeah, I awesome. eat them all the time. You know, the funny thing is we were forced vegetarians. For the first, for the 10, first years. 10 years yeah. of our life. That's we why we looked you. like hobbits. Fabulous. Yeah. Your family so wanted dad, you to my be... Da- my dad was big into karate and, you know, like the karate guys, they have those kind of like, they follow different, you know, like they catch onto a certain philosophy. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing made sense. It was just what was about the the hormones. No, look, he just, you know, he thought, uh, he read all these books and there was no internet back then. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he had this idea that there were too many hormones in the meat, which is right. Have you ever, you've been to Brazil. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a chicken breast in Brazil? Yeah. It's wild. about the size of this table, you know, like it's, and you see all these homeless dudes walking around, they look like they're bodybuilders. Well, you know, what's interesting. Um, there's a misconception about chicken breasts and it really is um, not that they pump them up with hormones. Really? Cattle is what they use hormones on. But really? chickens, it's just breeding. Right. They've just bred larger breasted chickens yeah, until right. they, they, you know, only genetically select the larger breasted chickens and to the point where these chickens, uh, they're so large breasted that they can't fly. Mm. You know, chickens can fly. They yeah. don't fly for very long, but they can fly <laughs> for short distances. Like my chickens, um, they, they, they have roosts and they can jump up to the roosts. They yeah. flop, 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 and they flop up to the roost <laughs> and then sit there. But these chickens aren't going nowhere. They're fucking these giant fat tits chickens. And but it's it's genetic selection more yeah, than than, yeah. than hormones. Not that chickens haven't been shot up with hormones before. Right, right. With chickens, uh, it's more antibiotics that they have to deal with because they're on top of each other and they're getting right. sick all the time. Right, and they're yeah. also feeding them chicken. It's like they're feeding oh, chickens, they feed chickens, chickens, chickens. They're yeah. feeding them chicken yeah, shit right. and chicken heads and chicken God, assholes. And yeah. if you feed them a healthy diet. The, um, the omnivorous diet that a regular chicken eats, you get healthier eggs, you get healthier oh, you animals. Do that? Yeah, I feed them only grass. I mean, they, my chickens eat natural things like that they find when they go out and peck and they forage. And I have a big yard and they run around the yard and they kill bugs and stuff. And then we feed them, we also feed them table scraps. 
So they eat like beef. They'll yeah. eat. They'll eat. Um, they'll, they've eaten deer before. I've, I've fed them pork. You ate that deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. I feed. They, they, feed, they eat <laughs> protein. Spanny deer. Well, you know, it's funny in, in Thailand. Like, there's not. You don't see a lot of chicken. There is chicken in the food, but it's mainly for Westerners to eat it. But the Thais all have their own chickens. What do they do with them? Yeah, they go fighting chicken. Oh yeah, chickens, it's on man. TV. It's, and it's they always do it then. behind so no one can see. You know, like, oh, quick, someone's coming. The white people are coming. Like, put it in your cage, like, shove it yeah, to the side. Yeah, but you know? they don't kill. They're, they're not the ones with the hooks on. They just, like, kickboxing. Kickboxing oh, chickens. That's and they got the fish my as camps. well. Yeah, my camps. Uh, I have off. a friend who uh, who does that. Well, he's not a friend. He's a, <laughs> he's a friend of a friend. And he has a uh, hundred chickens in his backyard. Yeah, right. yeah, He's from Mexico. You know, he, he barely speaks English. I don't know why, but that makes sense And <laughs> all of that? his friends are from <laughs> Mexico, too, and... It's kind of interesting. He he uh, he got in trouble for killing a goat and and cooking it in his yard because he butchered the goat in his yard, and they they were upset at him for doing that. And right. uh, he didn't understand because he's you know he's from Mexico, and he's right. like he goes, but but you eat meat. Like if you eat meat, like why do you care where the how the animal gets killed? Yeah. I can't kill it in my yard. Like yeah. and he you know they they told him like there's all these regulations. You can't just kill a goat in your yard. He's like. Okay, what do I have to do? I have to bring it somewhere to kill it? Like, this yeah. is crazy. Why can't I just kill it here? There's a lot of room. I'll just kill this goat. Don't you think we kind of lost that? It's a weird thing. Like, my, my, my wife slash girlfriend, wife now, I've been married for like two, or we've got, I got married two days before we went overseas. So she went on a honeymoon to Italy and I went to, <laughs> I went to, I went to Canada. So I actually haven't seen her since then, which is really random. But, but her mom can kill a chicken and cook it up like you wouldn't believe, right? Um, she's there from a Vietnamese. She's, she's Aussie, but her mom's Vietnamese, right? My grandma, and I'm sure your grandparents could kill a chicken, skin it. They'd be able yeah. to, you know, make 40 dishes with it. They'd use the fat, the skin. The mm-hmm. My dad was telling me, meanwhile, our whole family would die of heart disease. The oldest one's like 62. And he was telling <laughs> me their favorite dish was you'd take all the leftovers, put it on a pan, fry it, skin, bones, everything, right? You'd fry it until it liquefies, and then you'd pour it into a bottle and then dip it in ice. And then you'd take it and you'd just wipe it on your bread. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like amazing, Nutella. right? Yeah, well, like, like a uh, pate or something like that. Yeah. Well, like a fat pate. But mm. the thing you're saying was his grandma and his, their like, whole generation, they wouldn't have a problem with just taking right. skin it, use every part of its body, you know? That's, well, that's being lost. the reason why people don't like hunting, although they do eat meat. I have friends that eat meat and will never hunt. They wouldn't do it. They couldn't do it. I'm like, I... I understand you don't want to be cruel. I don't understand, and I understand that they enjoy that separation. Yeah. But to criticize people who don't enjoy that separation, I think it's kind of crazy. It's a there's a weird disconnect. Hmm. But there's yeah. a lot of people that eat meat and have eaten meat and don't have a problem with ordering a cheeseburger. That but they really look down on people that hunt. Yeah. I think it's the easy. I think it's not the easiest way, obviously, but I think it's the easiest on your the ethical dilemma is the easiest. Because you're you're dealing with an animal like that deer right there had no idea a human being was even a thing until mm. it saw us and then it was dead moments later. You know, I, I shot that deer in the middle of the, the forest in Montana. I mean, that fucking deer was living in the wild country of Montana mm. and it was delicious. And I had no problem with it. I, th- I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And the idea that somehow or another it's okay to, to eat a cow, but it's not okay to do that. And then other people will tell you, oh, but I only eat organic grass-fed deer. Let me tell you, or grass-fed cows. Let me tell you something about that. 
I have a friend who keeps organic grass-fed cows, and those motherfuckers are terrified. Really? When you go near them, they run. They run, and they all huddle up together. Yeah, you know why? Because they know that they're going to die, yeah. and they know someone's going to shoot them and eat them. Like this idea that if you eat organic grass-fed cows, you're somehow or another re- removed from the cruelty. Yeah, they aren't, they aren't kept in a pen. They aren't jammed into some pig box like, like pigs are, and they do run around free, and they do eat grass, mm. but... They're fucking shit in their pants anytime a person comes Dude, near them. Just, we, we, we did some, um, city boys did some cow herding. Man, not only is that fucking terrifying, if you're in a pen with these cows, I mean, they don't attack humans, but they, they're big. Have you it's, ever been it, in a they're pen? They're massive, man. Cows are big animals. Yeah, they're, they're they're this crazy bitch is riding on them. I actually He's riding was, the males. Yeah, I was, remember, I was like the first one I was oh, like, he did, he did I on jumped a on them and messed around on them. You jumped on a cow too? Yeah, there was a whole bunch of them. Do cows buck like bulls do? Uh, nah, these are old ones. But they'll <laughs> run each other into a corner and kill each other. Like, you know, like, yeah. they're so silly, though. Well, they're very the big. Would you eat dog? Would I? Yes. Yeah, that's a good question. I though. love dogs. Um, if I was in another country and uh, maybe it was like for a television show or something like that and they were serving dog. Like Fear Factor. I would have a real hard time with it still. I might do it just to see what it tastes like and just to, you know, if I was over someone's home and they offered it to me yes. and it was part of their culture, yeah, I don't think that I would insult them and say that I, I wouldn't eat it. And uh, if I eat pig, I mean, pig and dog are supposed to be, like a dog's supposed to be actually as intelligent or more, or excuse mm-hmm. me, a pig supposed to be as intelligent or more than a dog. Yeah. So it would be a bit hypocritical, but... I have a deep connection with dogs. I've had dogs my whole life, and I have two dogs now, and I love dogs. I love them. I've yeah, seen people this guy sat too. me down for an intervention about a week dog? ago. Yeah, I got a massive French Mastiff. I love him. I think he eats two thousand dollars a week. <laughs> it's food. a lot. And he um, it's an investment property. You know, Turner Hooch. Yeah, yeah, those are that big. Dog, I have yeah. a Mastiff too. Yeah, yeah, I have a Regency Mastiff. It's a little smaller. They're they're. Uh, like 120, 140 pounds. Oh, this guy goes up to about 90 kilograms. What's that? In uh, pounds? It's, uh, 200 about. Yeah. 200. It's a big boy. It's a big dog. Yeah, man. But yeah, we had an intervention. They had a lot of joint problems, right? Those poor dogs. Not yet. Not yeah, yet. My, mine's starting to get a little arthritis in his hips. Not bad. He goes, I mean, he's, he runs and so you can tell <laughs> it gets a little stiff. Everywhere. Yeah. What they're was very slobbery, yeah, but they're the sweetest dogs ever. Yeah, my 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 dog is like so great with my kids. You know, they go up and grab his face and kiss him. <laughs> like, he's got no anger in him. The Regency Mastiff was raised to uh, to have no human aggression. They're right, just yeah, sweet right. dogs. No dog aggression either. They're real they're great with other dogs too. What was my intervention? I don't even know. Oh, intervention this. I'm not allowed to put up anymore. Oh, yeah. Dog this bloody guy. You know what the problem you is? put up too many like, dog pictures? Do you know what the man. problem is, right? Like, the boys back at home are like, typical to get your dog even mentioned in this show yeah, today. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, you mentioned Ralph. Because <laughs> <laughs> you love your dog. Should see some pics, man. It is a weird thing, right? You love dogs, but you also love hunting. We love dogs. I'm obsessed with you dogs. You can't deny that. Well, there's yeah. a bond that humans have with dogs, and especially that's a thing that people don't understand, that dogs and hunting have gone hand in hand forever. That's, that's right. one of the reasons why we have such a tight bond with dogs in the first place is that dogs were used not just to keep animals away, like keep wolves away from camps, but yeah. to help people hunt. Yeah, well, he um, was devastated when, when we were in Vietnam. <laughs> they um, served us some starters, and afterwards we didn't know what they were, and he discovered he'd eaten his man's best friend. So he, that yeah. took him about a year to... Uh, it tasted funny, like it, it didn't... Taste right. It was. Mm. But this I can't guy, explain it. This guy is like comes. He retires from fighting, so 
the first thing he does is replace fighting with pictures of dogs. <laughs> it's like we're running a business, you know what I mean? Like, put some what, on your Instagram or something? Yeah, like, guy. put some pictures of your tattoos up or something, you know, like, <laughs> not fucking dog. I actually did. I actually, I was like, look, Dylan, listen, you know, like, you know, you love Muay Thai, I get that, but you got to understand, people want to see a Thai boxer that's got a little bit of, like, Bokal about him, you know, and you know it's him what with his bloody Bokal, you know, like Bokal Pramak. I want to see Dylan with his tattoo and looking t- six pack and stuff. Right, this guy's with his fucking slobbery dog runner. You know, like I'm like, okay, you're allowed one picture a week. Yeah, that's on it. your Instagram, the rest no, no, of Muay Thai. Face, he never oh, said that. He never said any rules. So and I like, said the rest of Muay Thai. I don't yeah. want to see fucking Ralphie for the business. Well, why don't you just do it on your personal account? Well, uh, they're kind of the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all interconnected. He's got yeah. his own Instagram. and it's sweet. He's got his own Instagram. And it's the all dog. dogs. It's all the dog does. The dog does. <laughs> Trust me. Ah, Everyone loves Ralphie. Yeah. Well, I, I love dogs, too. I love animals. And that's, that's something that people have a, a weird problem with. But they don't have a weird problem with loving animals and then feeding their animals animals. Like, I have friends who fucking are vegans and they have cats. And I'm like, do you under-fucking-stand that cats only eat meat? It's not like a dog. A dog can eat carrots. A dog can eat grains. Dogs <coughs> eat rice. Like, if, I have a friend who um, cooks for his dog. And uh, he, I've seen that happen. He gets his dog <laughs> ground beef and uh, mixes it with potatoes and rice, and it's delicious. You do that for your dog? Hell yeah. Cool, it's he good. He doesn't eat probably himself. But, yeah. but you can't do that with a cat. If you're going to do it with a cat, it has to be just animal protein. That's it. That's really? the only thing a cat is allowed to eat. Yeah, you can't feed cats grains. Cats are not supposed to eat that. rice. They're not supposed to eat carrots. Cats eat fish, and they eat chicken, and they eat beef, and they eat liver, and they eat, they eat animal protein. I didn't That's, know that. They're carnivores. They're yeah. straight carnivores. Yeah. So for you to be a vegan and have a fucking cat living in your house, like <laughs> you're involved in the killing of animals whether you like it or not. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's probably some vegan cat food, but I can't imagine it. Let's Would Google it that it? right now. They'd probably kill the cat. It's probably not good. Vegan... Cat food bad. Let's let's look up that. Cat's cat one of Dylan's phobias. Yeah, bad. that's that's one of my two phobias. Cats. Okay, vegan cat food. Yeah, you know, I just would imagine that? that shit is not good. They're basically mini lions. Oh, look at it. It says actually, and the vegan cat foods contained adequate amounts. Is it okay to raise a cat vegan? Hmm. <laughs> I think it's hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I think that is fucking hilarious. Now, artist and activist with more than one feline in the family in Ithaca, New York, more and her partner, Shariah Golding. That means they're lesbians. What a surprise. Lesbian vegans with cats. That's crazy. You never hear about that. <laughs> Relatively small but deeply dedicated group of vegan pet owners who believe their cats and vegan dogs' diets should reflect their own beliefs about the treatment of animals and the environmentally sustainable sustainable lifestyle. Is it okay to give your diet of, hmm, spare me all the faux outrage. <laughs> Be outraged at the billions of land animals and trillions of sea animals tortured and killed each year in the U.S. Alone for food to feed people and pets. I don't know, man. You know, you leave a cat outside, that cat's going to kill a bird. That, that sweet kitty cat that you have is a murderer. <laughs> yeah. My cat makes these crazy noises when he looks outside. He sees like something like a squirrel. His little jaw starts going. Man. They start their jaws start moving up and down like they can't help it. Like they're just thinking about biting. Have you ever had fight dreams? Like when you wake up kicking, you know, yeah. you know those dreams. Of course. Well, cats have those when they see a fucking animal that they want to kill. <laughs> it's like that. They have reflex. I hate cats. They make noises. 
He just ha- looks out the window. Have you ever watched them like stalk? Yeah. Just stalk, you stalk your leg. And then watch a lion. There is very little difference. You know, like a lion crawling through the grass or a cat crawling through your carpet. Yeah. Like they look identical. Oh, yeah. Absolutely identical. They're murderers, bro. <laughs> they are fucking murderers. Apparently, um, what they're saying is for a lot of these, uh, a lot of these people that are that are making these uh, these diets for these dogs. There's like a big debate on whether one. or not it's healthy for for the dogs. You're talking about the vegan, yeah, vegan, vegan dog. diets for for dogs and cats. Whether or not it's a matter of uh, the the animal getting all the proper nutrients or just being able to stay alive. So, <laughs> I d- I don't really understand people's relationships with dogs in that sense. Like I get the whole like man having a dog. But nah. people get weird. Like we have, we know a um, a friend of a friend who um, told us they have a patient who's got Munchausen's. You know Munchausen's. Yeah. You know Munchausen's. Mm-hmm. It's basically, so they basically make up things so that you can get their dog operated on. Like it's just like as in problems, so that they have an excuse to get yeah. an operation on the dog. Right. They're just like like, psycho- like it's like their kid. Oh, people are fucking crazy. <laughs> Apparently, what they're saying is that dogs and cats have a much different nutritional requirement than human beings, and that the uh, they need much higher protein intake mm. than a human does. So, especially dogs can eat a bunch of other shit like yams and potatoes and all these different other things. And it's okay as long as they get sufficient amount of protein, but it's mm. Almost impossible to get the amount of protein that a dog needs with just plants. Yeah. And cats, just a fucking joke. Cats are, you know, th- here's what you know. Put, put, lay out some fucking meat and lay out a bowl of beans. <laughs> See where Fluffy goes. <laughs> oh, Fluffy, no, you're not a murderer, Fluffy. <laughs> the dog's just choking down these pieces of meat. You know, uh, have the yams, Fluffy. <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, Vegan Christ. cat food, bitch. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That thing's a murderer, man. You're going to keep it keep it from being a murderer? It's its nature. I mean, you know, it's what it does. That's yeah, what a cat does. It's kind of karmic. Like everybody who's been pushing all the, like the tofu and all the, the soy stuff over the last couple of years, they're starting to get breast cancer, men. You know, like it's just, we're discovering it's bad for you. I used to eat that stuff. Instead of milk, and I'd always feel sick, but I was like, "It's got to be healthy for you." Everyone keeps telling me that. That's yeah. why you got man boobs. That's why I have boobs. Boobs. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Even vegancats.com is telling people to feed their cats meat. That's when shit gets real. When vegancats.com tells, tells people to feed their cats meat. After Jeez. much soul searching, we've decided that we need to keep our cats alive and feed them meat. We only feed them asshole cows. <laughs> Cows that stomp on rats or something. Know, if a cat walks into a room, I'm gone. Yeah, he hates cats. Man. Hate cats. Really? Terrif- terrified of them. He hates actually. cats and hookers. Yeah. I don't know. And why. Hookers. And strippers. 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 You hate strippers? Man, in Thailand, yeah. he just if one touches him, he freaks out. Is that because of your experiences in in Thailand, or is it just like a like a thing in your DNA, perhaps from past lives? Um, <laughs> maybe. Were you ever stomped to death by a hooker or a stripper? <laughs> Dude, actually, talk about that. If you ever go to Thailand, <laughs> all right. No, no, no. If you ever go to Thailand, man. The most vicious things you've seen, you see it in the hospitals, the the chicks with the guy as they bottle. Like if you get in a fight with a guy, the chicks, the hooker chicks will yeah, smash bottle a bottle you. on you. Like they're like known for it, and especially like Pattaya. 
Yeah. Like that area. The chicks, the first thing if a guy gets in an argument with another guy, they'll stand up for their yeah, man yeah. and bottle the dude Pretty over tough. his shoulder. Oh, God. They love bottling. I don't know what it is. It's fe- effective. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're a woman and you don't have a lot of physical strength. You hit a guy with a bottle and open him up like a fucking tomato. Oy. Yeah. Oy. yeah. Bottles are scary shit. Are when scary. I lived in Boston, I saw an argument over... I don't know what the argument was because I was a, a fair bit away, like, you know... Several, but these guys were arguing, and the guy's first move was to hit this guy in the face with a Heineken bottle. Oh, Jesus, it was horrible. It just cut him wide open. He's bleeding all over the place, and they tackled the guy who did it. And the bouncers beat the shit out of him. But I, I remember thinking, like, man, you got to be real fucking careful who you're fighting with, who you're arguing with. Absolutely, this, this guy just smashed this guy in the face and just cut him open. It's bleeding everywhere. Jesus, yeah. not good. Yeah, but you know, one thing I was gonna say is, it always shocks me when you see dudes. In another country like Vietnam, Thailand, Brazil, starting fights with the locals. Ugh. And you're like, what are you fucking thinking? People are stupid as fuck, man. I think it's probably just DNA, like wanting to get eradicated. Like you have some shitty genes, and your your genes want you just to be taken out of the mix. You know? (laughs) It's like a suicide. Fuck, you're over there. Fuck Thailand. They're like, oh, really? Okay. You have no idea. And you're drunk. Every night, something. I'm sure. Yeah. They start a fight with a taxi driver and the whole of Thailand jumps in. Do you uh, live in Thailand now or do you go back and forth? No, nah, I've been going back and forth <laughs> since I was 18, 31, so wow. a long time. And You tried to live there. I tried to live there, but you know, it's actually, I mean, like I love Thai people. I love the country. I love everything about it. It's very ancient. It's very, there's no rush. It's beautiful. And the Thai people are amazing. Most of my friends there are Thai. But, um, you know, after a while, like, um, you just, I just got a little bit bored. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had, I had my brother back in Sydney as well. He was running the gym. Um, you know, he got, um, he got to a stage where he was doing the rescue and I think he got really attached to, to, to not just, and uh, man, you know, the thing I was saying, like, we were talking about this before me and him, like, you know, like when you finish pro fighting, what do you do? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think like, it was kind of like. You're not, you know, you're, you're doing all this fighting and you're being admired and you're brave yeah, and everybody's absolutely. like doing, doing, doing. And afterwards you stop and you're just like, what now? So he's going over to Thailand and, you know, he's rescuing people and it's suddenly you're feeling important again, right? But he got really attached and um, actually at one stage wanted to go live there. And um, we, had a, we had a few arguments about it and eventually I just said, I think you should go because I didn't want the gym and me to be holding him back. Mm-hmm. And he went there, and two months later, he's like, "I'm ready to come home." Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever think about competing in jujitsu to maybe just exp- spark your competitive yeah. desires and avoid like head trauma? Well, well look, I USA. did. I, I competed a, a fair bit in jujitsu, and mm-hmm. I loved it. You know, um, but you know, I don't know. Like when I hit, you know, when, when I was there, like for those two, three months last year, like Liam said, I got really addicted to the ambulance. It was an adrenaline rush. Mm. Like a lot of cops say that. Well, you know, you hear the radio go off. I mm-hmm. listen to the code. I'm thinking, okay, it's a car accident. There could be, we could be cutting people out of cars. We could be saving people. You know, one accident I went to, I, I was trying to actually put back three bodies back together over like, I don't know, quarter mile, a hundred meters, it's less than a quarter mile, hundred meters, trying to put everyone back together, and it was a crazy adrenaline rush. Put you them know, back together, meaning save their trying lives. Trying to figure out whose arm and leg was whose. Oh Jesus! So two bikes collided. So um, dead people. Yeah, lots and lots of bodies. There's an adrenaline rush and trying to figure out dead puzzles? The adrenaline rush wasn't that. I think I became like a little bit desensitized to everything. Like nothing bothered me. Right. Um, I've seen everything. But it was more when the 
alarm went off in my little rescue bed. It's just a, a sort of room half the size of this. And you hear the code and all you hear is it's a car. There's an accident, but you don't know how many people, you don't know anything. So you get there and it could be like five cars. One time we got there, I was driving and they hated me driving. <laughs> like I was telling my brother in the car. Why? It was, a, it was like a V8 turbocharged ambulance, this thing. <laughs> and they, they said, I'm a mad driver. I drove Lamborghini yesterday up at Vegas. That was sick. Oh, you went to one of those race oh, car man. track places where yeah. you rent one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Don't trust me. Boy. So, you know, I'd be driving. And then after a while, they, they started racing me to the, to the driver's seat because I just lay next to the ambulance and used to race me there. And I was like, man, why don't they, you know, I said, why do you guys not like me driving anymore? He said, Dylan, when you drive, man, we're every religion. And it sat with me and I'm thinking, what the hell are they talking about? And they go, man, we're Christian. We pray to Allah. We pray to Jesus, <laughs> Jewish. They go, man, you're such a mat. You're such a crazy driver that we pretty way. much pray to every God just in case. Well, think about what the fuck you did. You went from... Motorcycle racing, too many concussions. I'll try kickboxing. You go to fucking Thai boxing, you become a world champion in Thai boxing. Hmm, not enough thrill. I need to ride fucking bulls. Oh, well, along the line, I can go rescue people. Let's do it. Hey, what an adrenaline rush. I'm putting together bodies. Absolutely. One thing I thought was interesting about it, though, is, you know, he became quite detached for a while. You're eating candy the whole time you're here, too. What are you doing? You got a candy thing? <laughs> no, nah, just soothing, soothing my throat. Oh, your throat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah both of us got yeah. bloody Vegas. Well, you can't escape the smoke. Yeah, in Australia, you can't smoke indoors. Most of the time, you can't smoke indoors in America. Oh, Most places. Geez. Texas, a few it's places, mad. I think, in Texas allow it. But it, Vegas is one of the few places left where you can smoke indoors. But they yeah. have so many. I don't usually have a problem with it because they have so many like filters and oh, man, we got air cleaning systems. Where'd you guys go? Uh, RM. Hmm. You know, yeah. Joe, in Australia now, I think you better look it up, but just in case. Yeah, but this is bro knowledge. Bro knowledge, bro knowledge goes deep on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been promoting bro science, bro science for four years. But I'm pretty sure that they've, or they're passing the law, that anyone born after the year 2000 can never buy cigarettes. It's illegal. That's so it's our first generation of non-smokers. Yeah. I, I like that and I don't like that at the same time because I don't like anybody telling me what I can and can't do. Yeah, of course. But I like it because... Kids are so goddamn easily tricked. Well, we smoked, but and those chemicals idiots. that they put in cigarettes that make them more addictive. Did you ever see that movie Inside Job? Yes. Russell Crowe. Yes, yes. He's your boy, right? Yeah. Russell Crowe. He's from there. He's yeah. from yeah. Australia. Yeah. Australia? yeah. yeah. Um, it's a great fucking movie, man. It is a good and movie. It de- it's a it's a true story based on a, a, a real chemist who a was right? developing yeah specific compounds designed to keep people addicted, and he details. Shh. Uh, the the mechanism involved in these uh, addiction yeah. processes, and it's like, wow, how the fuck did the government let this shit get in there? I, yeah. I I had a lot of trouble quitting smoking. I was smoking while I was fighting, and I really? got to a point where I was like, I'd get sick a lot because you're smoking and fighting. I was only twenty. You, you were know? smoking and fighting. Yeah, well, that isn't Sakuraba famous for that. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing about smoking, man, I wish I never started, but I started when I was about thirteen, and I thought it was cool as an idiot. And by the, by the time I was 21, yeah, I was still smoking. I couldn't quit. I'm not dipping. Um, oh, you got dip? <laughs> oh, no. I, I, he knows I hate it. Can't but, um, straight man, I couldn't quit. And, you know, I got to the stage where I was like, I have to either quit martial arts or quit smoking. And I couldn't quit smoking because I was getting sick a lot from my lungs and my sinuses. So I'd go train and then have a cigarette. 
Wow. Man, it was so addictive, man. It was really a scary thing. That's crazy. Yeah. What kind what kind did you smoke? Uh, just normal cigarettes, you know. Did you ever try those American spirits? They have uh, no, some have cigarettes that, that are all natural. They don't have any additives. We smoke look, I mean, uh-huh. we, we started as teenagers as stupid idiots and you know, everyone just that's what you did socially when you'd meet up and smoke. But I was actually one of the last ones smoking and I felt really down on myself, really like weak about the fact I couldn't quit. You know, I right. quit when I was twenty two, which was like 11 years ago but I haven't but you know like I actually got to a stage where I was that addicted to it that I couldn't I almost quit like training because I couldn't my health couldn't put up with physical exercise and smoke. I'm not surprised man that stuff will fuck you up I, I absolutely agree it's I'm terrible. not surprised I've, I, everyone that I know that's that had uh, a cigarette addiction and then quit still longs for those goddamn See, things I don't, yeah. I don't once I quit I quit you know yeah my friend Jeff to this day I mean he's he's quit for more than a decade he's like to this day every now and then i'll see someone smoking and it just looks so good i just uh, want one i just, I want, just want to one. punch them in the face when i was really? in the casino and yeah, we're sitting gross, there and the guys man. there's kids right next to a guy blowing smoke on them and i'm thinking like Dickheads. why don't you just hit yeah. him with your car you yeah. know like yeah i you know i have a real problem with that people that just don't give a fuck about that that's a weird thing about the cigarettes too is that it, it affects the people around you that's right and they don't give Absolutely. a fuck Absolutely. But it's also the thing that they throw them on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like cigarette people are so likely to litter. It's the weirdest yeah. thing. Like they don't have any problem with it. It's like almost no. on on average, more people that smoke cigarettes litter with those cigarettes than anything. I had a guy over my fucking house that was working on my house and he's sitting oh, out in my backyard. And he smokes and then he throws a cigarette on the ground. I go, what the fuck are you doing? I go, are you really littering in my fucking backyard while you're working for yeah. me, dickhead? Tradies, huh? Uh, just a douchebag, man. <laughs> yeah. So just, a... But I couldn't believe it. He did it right in front of me. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? I, I live here. You're just going to throw shit on the ground and step <laughs> on it? Oh, you stepped on it. It's good now. Yeah, it's, it's gone. Just, someone tried to tell me, oh, they're biodegradable. Yeah, in a fucking hundred years. Yeah, yeah. In a hundred years, <laughs> it'll go back into the earth, you fucking nitwit. And the daughter's at the beach. She's like, hey, daddy, look at this. Look yeah. what I found. It's, it's either a condom or a cigarette. Biodegradable, you, know? you fucking dildos. It just ruins <laughs> a good beach yeah, as bi- well. Biodegradable. What, is it? what are you talking about? It's a foam fucking plastic filter at the end of a <laughs> shitty piece of paper. Yeah, eventually the earth will absorb it. So you know what else is biodegradable? Your fucking car. Yeah. Okay? Leave your car for a thousand years. It won't exist. <laughs> Have you ever have you ever picked up? I hate when people put them in bottles and picked up a beer bottle you thought was yours and you're just like, oh, oh that's the nastiest that's shit the of all time. Fucking beer and cigarette ashes. Uh, How about they throw them out the window too? That's a half the fires in California from shitheads Australia's throwing home. fucking yeah. cigarettes out there, and they do it all the time. What you drive on the highway every day, you will see some shithead throw a cigarette out the window. They're not flicking it at you. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's they're doing something so bad to their own body that they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about poisoning their own bodies. They don't give a fuck about poisoning the earth itself. The worst thing is seeing the young girls smoking. We're going to wrap this thing yeah, up yeah. anyway. We're, I was going to say our attention of, uh, span's not really Yeah, <laughs> it's, we're at 6 o'clock already. It's, oh, really? it's been a lot of fun, dude. We yeah, did a three-hour podcast. Unfortunately, you got two sick Reznikovs today, but... No worries. We it was great. It was fun. Enough. No, it was fun. It was really. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, cool. Man. So, uh, your gym. Give people the uh, the how do they get a hold of you? What's the website? Yeah. It's, okay. So, uh, gym's uh, www.vty. You don't have to say www anymore. <laughs> it's 2014. So true. What about HTTP? I don't think you need even that anymore. I always got the slashes backwards, but um, 
What's the name? Okay, no, we're at VT1 Academy, uh, vt1mma.com.au. That's VT1mma.com. There you go. There's the website. That's uh, on the left. Just one quick thing. Do you know that a lot of French girls in Canada are called Lawrence? Yeah. That's really weird. Last name or first? Only because I was on Tinder there that we found out. Wait a minute. Their first name or their last name? First. Now, if you cycle back, that big Chinese guy on the left there, when I say Lawrence, I think of a big Chinese guy with a guillotine that kills you, right? Lawrence. But on, on Tinder, all the girls were Lawrence. That's so weird. Really weird. Tinder yeah. in the house. Sorry, on a random note. Get your free gone. Um, so that's us down there. Come visit us. We're really friendly, everything. And our other site is um, peak-at-u.com. Huh? Oh, our other site is peak. Peak? P-E-E-K. P-E-E-K. Yep. Dash at, A-T, dash U.com. So Y-O-U. What is that? That's our, that's the project, the growing down site that we're working on. We're going to put all like the stuff at the Thailand stuff on, and we've got the psychologist who's doing the podcast on and stuff. So that's our um, that's our kind of site. Where we're just going to host everything because that's our business site, obviously. Okay, so Jamie, so did you find that? Yeah. What is it again? It's so it's peak p p e e k dash 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 u at a t dash y o u dot com. That's um. That's uh oh, it's not up there. I'm just pointing at Joe. I'm just <laughs> this is awkward. Hey man. Okay, and oh, you right. there that's we go. Uh, that's Peek the growing you. down site. Okay, um, and that's gonna have all the Thailand's. That's just gonna have all our projects. What is on growing it. down? Growing down is a project we launched because we were sick of um, basically if growing you're, up. Sick of growing up. So well, you we're down. sick of being at the dinner table and everyone comes up to you and says, "So, uh, what you doing with yourself lately? Are you working hard?" That's our South African accent. Right. You know, so my friend's a psychologist and he just started getting pissed off. And so he coined this whole growing down thing, which is about stop listening to other people and start fucking listening to yourself, basically. And Beautiful. That's, yeah. That's, so that's a great idea. Because, by the way, not only will other people give you shitty advice, they will give you shitty advice because they got shitty advice and they want you to continue the tradition of suffering. Yeah. People love watching people <laughs> fail and struggle because they failed and struggled. It's very rare that someone will tell you, listen to me, I failed. My life is a fucking disaster. Don't, don't do, what, do I what I did. They don't tell you, why don't you fucking grow up? I've never heard anyone say that. I've had many people tell me to grow up. I've had many people that were fucking miserable telling me that I needed to grow up. I'm like, I don't get it. I'm happy. You're not. And I need to grow up. This is baffling. Do you know you're going to die? Man, we're both going to die. Isn't the whole point to enjoy this as much as possible? I feel like I'm enjoying it. <laughs> and I feel like you're not. So I'm super confused as to why you're giving me advice. One quick thing just before we wrap up, I just wanted to share because it just was something interesting that came up. We, when we were backstage at the UFC, right? And this is about growing down. And we're back there. Our fighters prepared pretty well for the fight, right? Um, and you go there and everybody's telling you what to do. Don't eat bread. Don't eat this. Switch a potato, a sweet potato. And everyone means well, mm-hmm. right? Cut weight this way. Cut weight that way. Prepare this way. Guys were holding pads hard as they could the night before the fight. Now, we take it, we taper a week before. Right. And we're there and our fighter starts getting nervous, you know, and he starts copying a little bit because these are professionals, right? Like we're professionals too, but we study, you know. We, we know what we're doing. But – he starts switching to sweet potato. He cuts out bread. He starts training a little bit closer to the fight than he should be. And it, the, the thing was, was like everybody was telling everybody what to do. And he ended up dropping five pounds by mistake because he 
changed everything that week. And I was like, I was thinking about for comedy, for fighting and all that stuff is like, it's really fucking hard to just trust that. Look, I've eaten potatoes and red meat my whole life. Let's just keep doing it till the fight, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's what the whole growing down thing was about. But it seems like if those guys are given that advice on how to lose weight, that seems like good advice. Well, he seems like the the weight that he lost. That's what he meant. Well, it's probably because he probably should be lighter in the first place. Look, it's a healthier diet. Well, the, the, the advice is right. But the time is wrong. Timing is wrong. That's what I mean. So like you're about to go up on stage and some guy comes up and he goes, man, before I go on stage, I usually go do a quick shot of like tequila up my nose. You know, that works for me. And then you go and do it. You go on stage and everyone thinks you're, you know what I'm saying? sniffling, you're bleeding. So it's just, you know, for all the Aussies coming up is just having confidence. What you're doing is good. Write notes and do it after the fight. Mm-hmm. And that was just something we learned backstage, you know. It's definitely a good point about tapering off, man. That's you know one thing I mean? that people make a huge mistake about. They 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 train too hard. They think it's good to train hard the day before the fight, but man. training breaks the body down. The whole purpose of training is to break the body down. If you don't understand that, then you need to talk to someone who's an exercise physiologist and understand what is the purpose of working out. Working out taxes the body so the body heals. Yeah. Healing is what makes you stronger. The breaking down of the body forces your body to react to the fact that you're making it do all this work. So mm. it goes, okay, we're lifting weights now. We got to get stronger because this motherfucker wants us carrying heavy things all the time. Okay, this guy wants us running up hills. Boy, we better increase our VO2 max because we want to stay alive. Obviously, the body has different requirements now. We need more oxygen. But to break it down the week of is really not beneficial. You Some just, guys do it, though, and they get away mm-hmm. with it. So our guy looks at them and he goes, fuck it. This is a pro. I better do it. You know, yeah. So. Well, there's a lot of schools of thought. I mean, it's just like hard training. You know, there's a lot of schools of thought when it comes to hard sparring. Yeah. And then there's, you know, even pros, like guys like Martin Campman who say you should spar once a week at most. Yeah, he's you know? good. Yeah, he's very he's good. Very, very good. smart and very technical. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of guys didn't do it that way and they have suffered because of it. There's a lot of damage that gets done that's unnecessary, whether it's in training, whether it's, uh, you know, in preparation, strength and conditioning, whatever mm. it is. There's a lot of unnecessary damage. And what we were talking about before about MMA training, I think it's still in a learning period. I think yeah, we yeah. still haven't got absolutely. it down the absolutely. way, like, say, football has it down. Yeah. They know exactly how to train to develop, like, top-flight football players. Absolutely. Basketball, same thing. You go to a basketball camp, you're dealing with top-flight strength and conditioning coach. They really know how to deal with – I mean, you're dealing with multi-multi-million-dollar athletes, and mm. they have that investment, and they, they want to keep it healthy. And really, no one should apply that more than MMA fighters because who the fuck gets hurt more than MMA fighters? Muay Thai, Muay Thai probably is the worst taught sport in the world, especially in Thailand, because there's no history of teaching. Yeah. So it's like – It's all fighters teaching fighters. Well, they just copy uh, by osmosis. Yeah. Really? Pretty much. So it's like that's one of the most backward sports in the world, never mind MMA. And isn't a lot of smoking and drinking as well? Man, we had it's we getting had a, better now. Do you like remember, Thailand, getting better. Like they've got a lot of, um, you know, fight against alcohol, fight against drugs. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of promotion now. You have got a lot of um, guys like Yotsen Clive Fairtex and um, Malapeno. He's actually American. Um, you know, and Borkal. These guys are heroes. So for people, uh, there's a lot more push towards, you know, be healthy, get fit. You can make good money now. You can go to Japan. You can fight in America. You can do dives. Yeah, so... Yeah, I have friends that, that trained and fought in Thailand, and they were telling me about everybody smoking cigarettes. And I have, my friend Chris started smoking when he was in Thailand because yeah. he was fighting. He's yeah. fighting in Thailand. Everybody was training and smoking, and he started smoking too, just like to be one of the gang. You know, now, now he smokes cigarettes. You know, Ch- yeah. um, Champwa Kiatsungri? You know, I've guy, heard the name. He's the one who, like, Tong Po sort of based on him. You remember? Oh, he, really? Yeah. He, he broke uh, Rick Rufus' leg. You've seen the fight, I'm sure. 
You know the one where he he, he boots him and he you know he breaks his leg. The fight I didn't see that fight. Dropped, it's on YouTube. It's worth okay. watching. But we saw him and he's a, I mean he's a legend. He fought Andy Hoog. He fought all these guys, right? We go to Thailand in Pattaya, and he's just sitting there smoking. So if I buy him a box of cigarettes, he'll let me film him kicking the bag. Yeah, so I'll just kicks. bring a box of cigarettes, and he kicked the bag for me. Yeah. Show wow. me the technique. You know, and like they're just smoking and alcohol over there is out of control. Wow, it is. Last question before we go. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, of kickboxing, obviously, and kickboxing is starting to make its way into the United States uh, in a big way with Glory. Glory, yeah. thing yes. that's on Spike. My only problem with it is I don't like tournaments. I don't like the idea of making someone fight twice in a night, and I definitely don't like them doing it with like high level kickboxing, mm. like Nathan Corbett. Um, fought uh, Gokan Saki. That's right. Gokan Saki knocked him out in the first round. Yep. He broke his uh, eardrum. That's he right. Stopped the fight, and then he had to um, he had to go into the the final round. Gokan Saki did against Tyrone Spong, where Tyrone Spong fought three hard rounds. Yeah. This young Brazilian kid. And then fought in the round and, and broke his That's leg. Right. Yeah. I don't think the shin break came from the fact that he had to fight three rounds Absolutely. and Gokan had to fight one. But the idea that one guy could fight one round and then the other guy could go three rounds and go to war yeah. and then they meet it's... in the finals... I think that's fucking crazy, and I think yeah. in this day and age, in 2014, with what we know about concussed fighters, exactly. head injuries, yeah, and then taking a break and cooling down in between yeah. that fight and having an hour in between the first fight and the second, I think it's fucking crazy. But also the removal of clinch makes it fucking dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. And elbows. No Corbett elbows, no clinch. clinch is awesome, Corbett would have won that fight, I think, with elbows. Well, he's a, a real Muay Thai specialist. Yeah. I mean, he is an elbow guy, Amazing and they took away point. one of his best weapons. That's right. Well, the man. clinch and the elbow. Two two of his best weapons. The Americans, about, we can ask Simon. You go. The thing about glory, though, um, for us, is that it's getting us on a bigger scale for yes, Muay Thai, absolutely. which is good. Like in that way, it's good. I understand the tournament, like your your perspective on the tournaments. I kind of agree in a way, but to get striking with co competing against the UFC is so hard. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's it's hard. Well, I think that first of all, they're on spike. Which is a huge company. You know, yeah. Spike is Viacom. They're we owned by huge, huge, huge billion-dollar, you know, backing behind them. There's a shitload of money in, yeah. in, involved in mm. Spike and Viacom. But <coughs> I think that the tournament format is dangerous. Yeah. I really do. I, I think th it's antiquated. It's dangerous. I loved it That's back when it was on K1. <laughs> it's amazing to watch. About pride. But I think for the athletes, Jesus. when you're dealing with world-class athletes like a yes. Tyrone Spong, like a Gokan Saki, I just think it's unfair, and I think yeah. it's fucking. It's the wrong way. I I almost feel like it's disrespectful yes. to the sport itself and the fighters to force world-class fighters to fight more than once in a night. Yeah. I think is outrageous. But the thing I was going to say just quickly about that is. Um, one of the bigger problems I think with Glory is it's also going to reduce the the um, like okay Muay Thai in America is basically kickboxing with knees and elbows right the the clinch in Thailand is like 30-40% of Thai boxing not in America not in Holland right so you're seeing all these guys coming into MMA not only is it going to increase head damage because there's no clinching but also the skill sets that come from the clinch they don't exist in MMA yet you know yes and like it's, it's well, you see it a little bit with Anderson Silva. You see it with a few Muay Thai guys. Yeah, they know how to clinch and This sounds really stupid because you've got a bad neck. But I was saying, like, if you get to clinch with, like, a tie, like, not – I'm trying to say it modestly. Like, real clinch, like tie clinch. It's, it's almost like doing flowing Greco. 
there's body locks, back takes, yes. snap downs. Well, do you throws, like Lion Fight? Sweeps? Do you ever watch Lion Fight? What's that? Lion Fight's uh, an organization in Vegas, right. and they're putting in Malapet fights for them. Um, right, right. Yeah, they, they have good. a lot of really high level people that are coming over from Europe and fighting for them. They got really good fights they're putting on. Right. Um, that was Cyborg, Christine the Cyborg. That. She, yeah, she yeah. lost to this uh, girl from. She uh, hot on her. Fucking hell. She said two fucking Muay Thai fights. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're hard on her because she took male hormones. That's yeah. the bottom line. I mean, <laughs> she's such a nice lady. The reality. I'm sure she's a nice lady, but the reality is she took male hormones. And but you're saying they include clinches. Yes. Oh. Clinches and elbows. Great. Yeah. Good. I mean, they have, it, it's uh, Kevin Ross fights with them. They yeah, have, he's cool. Yes. Kevin Ross, good and, fighter. And, you know, elbows, clinch, everything. Absolutely. Takedowns. They, they, they trip each other. They drop each it's other. Beautiful. Yes, it is beautiful. And it's the comprehensive full style of Muay Thai. Absolutely. And it's safer. It's better. It's safer. And it's also more lethal. It's more effective. Exactly. Elbows, man. kicks, knees, everything. Watch, watch, um, watch, uh, watch the prelim card with our guy who fought. Not to even look, he's got a long way to go. He's only, you know, his first fight, right? But he used Muay Thai, Muay Thai in the clinch and like people were saying what, what did he do there and I was like that's like first day stuff in Thailand yeah. right right you right, know? right so I think Americans are robbing themselves a bit by doing glory not Muay Thai Thai you know what I mean I couldn't agree more yeah. I couldn't agree more and I think that we're on the same page as far as the respect for the athletes making yeah. them fight more than once a night against world class guys fair, yeah. on an uneven playing field like you could have fought like, you could fight a world-class guy and get rocked a bunch of times in three rounds and be really fucked up in that dressing room when you're preparing for the title, <laughs> and the other guy lands a head kick 15 seconds into the fight, and you're both fighting in the finals yeah. against yeah. each other. I think that's crazy. I absolutely agree. And they're going to have a big tournament in L.A., and I'm going to be there. We're going to watch it every time. I anyway. do, I'm going to watch it every time, too. I'm a big supporter of it. I just think that they should reconsider. I yeah, just think, sure, yeah. And I wish they would go Muay Thai style. Just fucking bring in the elbows. Exactly. Bring the clinch. They right. Watch some of those lion fights. They're doing They're it. Good? It's very. It's great. I watch it. They have them on Access TV. Yeah, right. Gentlemen, Thank it's been a pleasure. Much. A successful, fun podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, follow them on Twitter. Uh, it's VT1 underscore MMA underscore Sydney, and uh, the website. One more time. Oh, VT1 MMA. Okay, beautiful. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. Thanks also uh, to our sponsors. Thanks to NatureBox. Enjoy some delicious, healthy, nutritious snacks. NatureBox.com slash Rogan. That's NatureBox.com slash Rogan. Go there, use that, and you will get 50% off of your first box. Thanks also to Onnit.com. Go to O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word Rogan and save 10% off any and all supplements. Thanks also to Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com. Use the code word J-R-E and save yourself some money, son. We'll be back tomorrow with um, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos who will uh, drop some fucking mad knowledge about Bitcoin. Um, both Ace Freely and Dave Attell had to reschedule so there will be no podcast on Wednesday. Dave Attell will be back on Tuesday the 29th. Uh, next Monday, I have Steve Maxwell on. And then Thursday, Greg Fitzsimmons. And then f- next Friday, I'll be at the Lobero Theater in Santa Barbara with Joey Coco Diaz. All right. We love you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow. Much love. Big kiss. Mm-hmm.